Um, yeah. Because it's but, not a pleasant smell, and it, and anytime you, as a first responder, you smell that smell, automatically, what clicks in your brain um, is you're going to find somebody burned to death. Just go into general, and I'll bring you up. We're in the third And line. unfortunately for me, about four or five months after that, I had changed departments. I had moved and switched switch my areas and uh about 13 months after that incident almost to the day um got ring out 1 30 in the morning for reports of an explosion and they were putting a new bypass around the, the city i was living in and um the reports of the explosion was on that new bypass 1.30 in the morning, we knew nobody was out there working. And we ended up getting on scene to find that somebody had gotten around the barricade on the south end of that where they were working. And they determined at about 80 miles an hour, slammed into a mobile crane. And the outriggers were down and they had been using it. As uh, soon as he hit his truck burst into flames, um, difference in the first one to this one was when we rolled up in the second truck, our ambulance went first. When we rolled up in the second truck, he was screaming. And uh. once again, once again, that smell hit. Um, you know, once again, I was on the nozzle, and that between that, those two, I ended up taking a leave of absence for a while. Right. Uh, that smell hits, and then you hear somebody screaming as they're burning to death. Yeah, that's that's not good. You need to step away after that, because if you think you're okay after that, let me assure you, you're not. No. No. Not in any way, shape, or form. Don't matter how much you bottle it up. That's unfortunately what I did for a long time. Bottled it up, bottle it up, bottle it up. Eventually that bottle's gonna be full. Yep. And when it blows, or when that bottle lets go, shit's gonna hit the fan and it's not pretty. You take and um, you stick you stick it in it's like Sticking it in a propane bottle. Everything else you do is going to add heat, and sooner or later, it's going to bluff. Yep. All right, guys. Justin Mann joined us. Out of X, big text. What's going on, brother? I'll figure I'd get in on this. Oh, so. All right. Uh, he's right. He's right. When it bottles up, it, it can only bottle up so long. Right. I mean, it's gone. I mean, I was fortunate because I never really worked a single house fire to the most part. Um, never had anybody burn up alive in front of me. Uh, it was close. I went to a gas well fire one time. We transported two by ground ambulance and four by helicopter. But you will never forget that smell. I'll never forget one of the first calls I ran for fire. We got toned out and said, respond to the station, call into dispatch. 
So we go there, and they say, yeah, um, we need you to go and assist EMS with ventilation. Okay. Yeah, it was a three-week decomp. We went in with masks and tanks, everything on, because you couldn't breathe any other way. So, yeah, yeah unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately, I've been on one of those too. Uh, I was on the ambulance dispatch to a pretty much a welfare check, and we get there with our deputy chief. And as soon as we walk in, deputy chief, you know, gives us the motion of a nothing, nothing we can do. <clears throat> as soon as we walk in the door, we've got just some kind of odd smell. Don't really know what it is. <clears throat> we get downstairs to where the the sun is, and he has swelled up almost like Veruca from um, Willy Wonka. Yeah. It, he was so swelled up, we were afraid to even touch him. To the point yep. that we called to the point that we call our hazmat truck, which is you know housed in our station we called them out and uh they took him out with level b suits and i guess as soon as they touched him he popped uh yep we had that's one, what this one did we had one like that he same thing he was already a bigger guy but he'd been down uh we're guessing probably two or three days and he had a wristwatch on you could not see the watch. It had, his body swelled over the top of it. it yeah, that's yeah. the way ours was. Uh, it was nasty. You know, I'll tell you all, I got into fire back in about 2004. And I got out when I moved back to Texas for, well, not when I moved back to Texas because I was in it for basically 10 years. I got out of it in 13 or 14. But anyway, um, Back then, when we first started out, because I didn't become an EMT till 2009, so that call with the guy that was, you know, decomp for three weeks, that was early in my career. You're talking to 05 when that happened, and um, now the fire service has done a lot in the past, you know, 15, 20 years. You know, 15, 20 years, they've done a lot as far as with PTSD and trying to make, you know, things go. But I, that's still old school back when I came up. I mean, the way we dealt with anything like that, you talk about it amongst yourselves, and that's about it. You joke around. I mean, you we all know we've got that dark sense of humor you can only develop doing this stuff. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, you know things we find funny. People are like, "That's not funny. You're you're demented." It's like, "No, it's funny as hell." But you haven't seen the shit I've seen either. So exactly, um, so I don't expect no, you to understand. But you know that guy when we went in there to get him, I come out and my fire chief pulls me to the side, and he says, "Hey," he said, "Who'd you go in with?" And I told him, and he says, uh, "Did y'all see any pets when y'all were in there?" And I said, well, no, I mean, all we saw really was the, you know, the flies around the body. And he says, well, apparently this guy had cats. Well, it was cold. It was Pennsylvania. The cats went into the guy through his mouth 
which is why he had a dislocated jaw, and they had that to deal with. Long this guy going to pop as soon as they pulled because he's been there. You know. So now, that's you got the cake there. Crap, we deal with, you know. That is the stuff we deal with, and yeah, like she says, we have a dark sense of humor about this. Um, well, and yeah. you know, it, it, it's something we develop, and what it is is, it's a coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. That's how we deal with it. Yep. You uh, know, and, uh, um, speaking of which, guys, just one second. I want to take it. I want to acknowledge to the group. Give a hats off to Bill Fisher, who is in my stream. Um, he had uh, 30 years total fire EMS full time. So hats off to you, my friend. And I know. I know he's not in here yet, and I hopefully we'll see him. I want to congratulate Miss Fit Mechanic for passing his his EMT class. Yes, Misfit Mechanic is now certified EMT. But um, turn around while you still can. (laughs) Turn around. around. (laughs) So it's funny you bring up the dark humor thing, uh, Rescue, because I actually have another video from our buddy Jason over Fire Department Department Chronicles. Actually, he actually talks about uh, the dark humor. Okay, um, can I've got another picture real yeah. quick if you yeah. wouldn't mind? No, absolutely. Before, yeah. This goes with the, um, this goes with the, with the, um, the EMS one that I had put up before. This is what happens whenever you, whenever somebody takes and tells us and goes to us firemen or EMS. You know, that's so cool. What's the worst thing you saw? Gee, this is look at the look at this picture. This Paul Combs is got is you know a fantastic artist. Um, he does it for he does content for Firehouse Magazine, I think. I think so. I think you're right. Yep. And I mean, you know, he's he tries to take and he tries to shed um, a little bit of light. And you see, you got a little girl there holding a teddy bear. You've got a firefighter. You've got a couple, it looks like, standing there. And the little girl's like, What are you going to tell them about? You know, yep. What? What kind of thing do you want them? Do you want that firefighter or that EMS provider? What nightmare do you want them to relive? Yeah. Because that's what you're asking. And that's why most of us won't answer that question. If I do, it's the simple, simple phrase of you don't want to know. Exactly. It will give you nightmares. Yes, exactly. We've all seen stuff that we're never gonna ever forget. Nope. Like I said, I was I was a lucky one. I don't get I'm not haunted by anything that I've seen. To you know, yeah. I'll never forget it, <laughs> but I don't have problems with it. I didn't come out with PTSD. I was really blessed. But I also, you know, I don't look down on anybody that might suffer from any of that because 
there's a hell. Right. And it's, you know, it's a tough persona and everything like that. It's like, oh, you don't want to, you don't want to appear weak and, you know what, it, I'm as guilty of it as the next guy who ain't going to lie, but I'm also not going to look down on somebody that's trying to get help for something like that because they know that they've been affected by it. And so that's why I would always talk to people because, see, that was the thing. I believe in taking care of your own. So, you know, we talk because we're in the same field. We're on the same call. We help each other process things, but we're not psychologists or psychiatrists. If you're messed up bad enough that that bottle has fallen over and blown apart and you need something professional help then you you need to be able to get it and you don't need to yep. be looked down on for doing it yep. yep. right, so and unfortunately up, up until recently um, a lot of departments were doing that um, I know one of the departments I was on um, you know I tried to talk to them say hey look we have bad runs you know try to talk try to talk to each other otherwise things are going to get bad for you eventually right. and like well what do you know i said well you know i've got ptsd because of some of the crap i've seen right on this right. department included yep. they said well there's you don't look like there's anything wrong with you you don't have ptsd it's a load of shit okay Okay, well, then about uh, three years ago, four years ago, one of the guys who gave me the most crap about it ended up in a wreck that damn near killed him. And he actually called me and apologized for the crap he gave me over the PTSD because he understands what I was going through. All right. Yo. One of the things that I can say, and I think this is another part of me just being me and being blessed, it's blessed, but it's a curse at the same time. Ever since a young age, I've had a hellacious work ethic. My work ethic is uh, such as it's, it's a problem. I don't want to take vacations. I'm really not happy unless I work. And one of the things that I'm able to do, because it's part of my job, is do things that I don't particularly care to do. Like, for instance, I am not a fan of getting on an extension ladder, period. So when I was in the fire department, I'm, you know, I did just about every position. I've been up a 105-foot ladder truck. I've been on extension ladders. I'm not much for doing the heights. I'm not much for doing truck work. So I specialize in interior attack, and I stayed on the hose line as much as possible. So, but hey, glad I'm not the know, only one. I, yeah, <laughs> but I was actually able to get on ladders and do things like that because I knew it was part of the job. Well, that's one of the things that you know I think my work ethic is is I was able to compartmentalize things. So when I was on the ambulance, you know, it was work to me, and then I'd uh, you know leave the call there or whatever and go home and. Uh, and I was lucky in that because I didn't have, I mean, I had plenty of uh, bad calls, but I didn't have enough of them that it stacked up to fill the bottle up, I guess. It really wasn't in, in it that long enough. I burned out of EMS real quick. It was kind of like, yeah, I did it for two years, and then I moved back to Texas. And when I moved back to Texas, uh, 
I never went and challenged a test to try to get my Texas EMT. I was thinking about it, but the more I looked around Texas, the more I said, well, being an EMT doesn't do me any good here because at the time in Pennsylvania, they had EMT B and EMTP. They didn't have A or I in the state of Pennsylvania. You know, that wasn't there yet. It's there now, but they didn't have it back then. So I was a basic. I didn't want anything to do with being a medic. And uh, so when I came to Texas, I found out real quick, if you want to do anything except run a wheelchair van, uh, you better have an EMT paramedic. And I said, yeah, no. So I just got out of it all together. And as much as I worked, I kind of burned out on it anyway. But, uh, yeah, I, I was just lucky. But one thing you'll know, and this is where the work ethic part comes in, when you're on an ambulance and you're going to call, you go to call and get uh, oh, for God's sake. Hold on. That stupid GPS I have has voice and activation on it. And it just does it whenever it wants to. Anyway, so as I was saying, the, uh, when, when you just go on a call in an ambulance, it's just work. You know, you go over there, you don't necessarily know the people most of the time right. and it's just doing your job and you're good now i had taken friends of mine actually took somebody that i was on the fire department with took them in an ambulance before that hit a little closer to home that had me a little bit more worried because you know like hey i know this person and and i'm actually you know i work with them in the fire department and everything else you know a little bit personal more close to home type deal there but I did my job, and it was what it was. They were fine. But that's one thing that, you know, some people don't understand. It's like, how can you see all that, do that, not be, like, completely uh, not able to function? Because most people get into any kind of emergency situation, and you just see them panic and freeze up, and they don't know what to do. You know, we have a lot of training, but it's a special breed for us to do what we do. Yeah, we got a lot of training, so we know how to act. But when I went in, you know, uh, I already was calm in, in stressful situations. So that's it's just a special breed. That's it all there is to it. It is a special breed. You know, the thing is, is that, I mean... Courage is not the absence of fear. It's just the willingness to move past. Right. And fear stands for two things. You can either forget everything and run, or you can, um, what's the other one? Oh, I'm going to screw it up. <laughs> I just had it, too. Yeah. Um, face everything and rise. Face everything and rise. Thank you, Josh. Yeah. I had to think about it a couple of minutes there. <laughs> right. All right, guys. So I got I got a video, like I said, from Jason from uh, Fire Department Chronicles. He he talks about dark humor, and I, I really like Jason because he brings kind of the funny side to everything. So let me get this going here. 
You know, in the last 13 years of me being a firefighter, I have constantly been asked, what is dark humor and why do all you first responders, military and medical professionals find it so funny? Well, to put it simply, dark humor is our way of trying to laugh off the absolute vomit-inducing, mind-cracking crap that we have Mike, to see here every might day. Want to and don't get me wrong, we love our job. This is the career we signed up for. But we also like being happy. Because in reality, you have three choices when you decide to get into these types of careers. A, utilize some kind of dark humor to help your brain process why you just saw someone's head detached from their body. Oh, God. Ah! B, drink yourself into oblivion. Or C, become one of those weirdos that gets mad at everyone for utilizing dark humor to laugh off what the crap they just saw. You see, once you've made the choice to enter into a career saving lives, your brain wakes bye-bye to any possibility of processing things like death in a normal human way ever again. But why you ask? Well, when a normal person sees something tragic, they get to say, oh no, no, I'm good. Thank you though, but I'm gonna go over here, but not us. We have to say, oh yes, please. By the way, may I have another? And I know what you're thinking. Doesn't dark humor make you guys callous and emotionless towards other people's feelings? Actually, it's quite the opposite. Dark humor allows us to laugh off the first jacked up call so we can be fresh and happy for the next brain scarring event. The easiest way to think about this is if those therapy inducing calls were dirty laundry, dark humor is the comedic laundry detergent that helps rinse those things clean, cope with what our eyes just saw, and put on a nice smile. So we I don't can know show if I'm echoing or not. I got you on speaker, so I'm staying out of screen. Hey, look, I get it. There's always that one guy or girl that thinks that sprinkling the dark humor all over the internet is a smart decision, which it never is, or likes to drop that one joke in the middle of their kid's birthday party around 20 people that don't do this for a living and cannot understand why their brain processes things the way that they do. What's wrong with it? My first thought would be a lot. But before you want to tell people what you think they should be utilizing to cope with the tragic things that they see at work, maybe you should go provide an ambulance for a couple hours. Or go on a fire truck and watch them disappear into the smoky nothingness, pulling out lifeless bodies, hoping to God they were able to save them. Or go to a hospital and watch nurses get verbally and physically abused, all to turn around and come back the next day to do it again. Because then you can tell us what you think we should find funny. Try to catch me howling out to me. So like I said, he, he brings up the funny side, and he's 100% correct, too. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it reminds me of uh, one call that I went on. It was um, when I was an EMT. Thanks, Vernon. And we got called for a um, accident involving a logging truck. Oh. Hey, Tex, you're echoing. Yeah, Tex, you're echoing really bad. So, uh -oh. yeah, you're echoing. I need to say mute unless you've got to talk. Um, so, as my station was first response, I get in my truck. And I roll up to the scene, lights and siren, and go grab my jump, my jump bag and run out. This accident that was involving a logging truck was 
a gentleman was trying to secure his load or something and uh, the log shifted and this gentleman got a split personality at about the neck <laughs> and you know it got to it got to about um, no about 10 minutes into the call and you know at this time fire has shown up the one bus has gotten there and they've got the they've got the the you know everything from the neck down loaded on a loaded on a gurney and I'm like you're not saving that one and they're like no but the coroner's backed up they want us to drop it off at the funeral home and I'm like good for you buddy and then they got all the parts and then he then they turn around and go oh no you get to go headhunt literally oh boy i found i found the head it was sitting in a in the ditch doing camera one camera two camera one camera two man a lot i i had to take off my jacket covered the covered the head up and i was like here this is yours you want your jacket back? Nope, burn it. <laughs> right. So, Rescue, I played what that. Jacket? I played that video. Why don't, uh, why don't you introduce your guest there, Rescue? Okay, my guest for tonight is uh, Deputy Chief in New Jersey, Jason Moffitt. Um, he's he runs volunteer. He's also you know the deputy chief in a paid fire department and. Uh, he um, has seen probably a lot more stuff than uh, some of us have. So let's welcome him to the stream. Jason, you can unmute yourself now. Thank you, guys. Welcome, so you're talking about incidents where you've seen the worst. Well, I know you two have heard my story PTSD. before. Uh, yeah. And the one that's stuck in my brain and it will never leave is pulling up on uh, accident on an interstate and as being a deputy chief pulling up and seeing red all across the road and trying to figure out what's going on with only one car accident. It all started with a woman that had PTSD and she was riding with her husband and her in his semi and decided to jump out of the truck at 75 miles an hour and got hit by another truck going 75 miles an hour. Oh, and tell me what that leaves all over the highway very quickly. Can we get the mops and the snow shovels to the highway, please? Right, because oh. there ain't nothing left. That is, and I drive by that scene every single day on the way to work. So, that is one thing that goes through my brain every day. Well, I mean, the, the, the PTSD aspect of it. I mean, it's not always stuff we see. It's, you know, it's also situations that we find us in. You get yourself trapped, you 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 run out of air or mm -hmm. like Mr. Moffitt um a couple weeks ago, I'll let him tell the story cuz it is to tell, but uh he pulls up doing his job and um he has an incident happen to him which um would be enough for somebody to go, you know what? I'm done for the day. <laughs> Same no, here. I'm done for the Last week. week. <laughs> yeah. 
So why don't you take and why don't you fill us in on that, Jason, if you don't mind? So about three weeks ago, I pull up on an accident scene on the interstate. It was a foggy morning. Um, a car was into the guardrail, and they're not guardrails here. They're guard wires. Um, so, cable. yeah, guard cables, whatever you call them. So I have the rescue pull up. I leave my deputy chief's vehicle behind. I tell them to pull up in front of me, take care of the patient that's in the, the guide wire, the whatever wires in the center median and i'm standing outside my truck talking to the lieutenant that was on the rescue next thing you know we hear a big squealing behind us and my deputy chief's vehicle gets rear-ended i didn't get hit by it my lieutenant got grazed by it and as you all know first thing that goes through our head is not us patient care first right and that's what me and him went and did. But now you got to imagine as being a deputy chief, I have to call in a second rescue because I can't pull my guys off that are taking care of the first incident. I can't pull my guys off that. So I got to call in a second rescue while me and the lieutenant are taking care of the patient that just rear-ended my truck. Yeah, I call second and uh, second rescue, the second bus, at least the second bus. She took a 2020 F-150 crew cab six and a half foot bed and made it a crew cab four and a half foot bed. Oh, good Lord. And pushed it about mm. 10 feet from its parking spot. Wow. Yeah. So tell me what's going, what, what through my head, because we had training. I think it was that night rescue. I had training. Yeah. Yes. The- we had training that night. And I literally for our training is reset up the whole incident to see if I did something wrong. And that goes through my head every single day now because like did i do this wrong did i set up my my truck wrong did i set up the rescue wrong there's there's very many options you could have went through and was it wreck a million dollar truck or was it wreck a sixty thousand dollar truck sorry the sixty thousand dollar truck to me was a lot cheaper yeah but that's the thing that's the thing calls like that you're constantly second guessing yourself but, you know, the sad thing is, though, as many times as I had traffic control duty, I, I could have been sitting there with a completely fluorescent green suit with strobing orange lights on it. People do not pay any kind of attention. They see flashing lights, and they absolutely have no idea what they're doing. I can't tell you how many guardrails I had to jump over. So it didn't hit me. I, I can't I didn't think I'd enjoy it, but as soon as I became an EMT and every scene I ran with the fire department, I did patient care sitting in the car, I was happy because I knew I wasn't probably wasn't gonna become one trying to direct traffic. So I'm not surprised, you know, they, they don't pay any attention. They just see flashing lights and they forget how to do anything except look. They don't know where their accelerator is, their brake is. It's ridiculous. Well, I'm seeing, well, I'm seeing a lot of departments now, uh, especially in Texas right now, that are taking rigs that they are replacing, yep. um, heavy rescues, engines, tenders. They're actually making them to be a blocker for interstate for calls. Same. Yep, and that, that worked well down in Arlington because – they got hit. They had one of their blocker trucks that was, you know, an old truck get hit right out there on I-20. I live in the DFW area, so I see that stuff happen. 
And I'm like, man, I'm glad they started doing that. I mean, I don't know if you guys know, but you've seen a lot of the controversy in California. Um, and it's starting to come to New Jersey and Pennsylvania area very quickly about the fire trucks protecting their lane. Like out in California, state cops were literally arresting the driver of the fire truck, the engineer, for blocking lanes of traffic to protect his people. Oh, wow. New, New Jersey got on that bandwagon about a year and a half ago. And I will tell you right now, I have sat down with the state police. I've sat down with the local cops. And I say, if I'm going to shut this highway down, I am shutting it down to protect my people. I don't care about everybody else on the road. At least I'm stopping them from doing something stupid. If I shut this highway down, nobody's moving. Everybody's sitting still. I understand it's going to cause a big congestion in the end, but guess what? I protect my people. You guys are all my family. If everybody's on that scene, you guys all know that you're my family. I'm protecting you. You all need to go home at the end of the night. Exactly. That is it. I will go to jail for anybody. Yep, and if it's a bad enough incident where you got to land a bird, where else are you going to land them? you got to land yeah, them on the, the interstate. Oh, dude, they do not like that. The state police hate when we do that. Oh, well. Yep. And with, the, and with that, I'm going to take and I am going to share one thing. for It's common knowledge. A lot of states, it's the law now, but move over. You see police, you see an ambulance, you see fire, you see a tow truck, anything with flashing lights or blinking lights on the side of the road, move over. Move yep. over, slow down. You got to give us the lane. I am, I am glad that I do not work in a fire district or volunteer in a fire district now that I have to go out on the highway. Cause let me tell you something. You might not think clipping somebody with a mirror. Oh, that's not going to hurt them at 70 miles an hour. I'll tell you right now on your rib cage and stuff right here. It'll leave you a bruise about that big. If not crack a rib. I'll say it's not worse. And I and I can tell you that I can tell you guys that as sure as I'm sitting here, I know it. Mayor of that town. I ran out of the t-shirts. But even something like um, having a call on the highway and having somebody slide behind you just lock up their brakes. They don't hit anything. They don't cause a secondary scene. But just that sound, that's going to take and that's going to... That's going to give you anxiety anytime you're on a you're on that highway. Oh yeah, yep, gonna make you shit yourself. Mm-hmm. Make you double think about a lot of things too. Yeah, I've actually had an incident that uh, 
we were actually doing traffic control for an accident, which we were three blocks from the station. So wasn't any big deal. Third truck out, we went and helped with traffic control. But uh, EMS came in from the west. They sat up in the eastbound lane. We were set up pretty much blocking the westbound lane. And where county law enforcement was, I have no idea. But they obviously failed their job because we had, they were supposed to shut the highway down. They had one car come through westbound and about took four of us out in one shot. Uh, we were we were in the middle of pulling the uh, stretcher from one side or yeah stretcher from one side of the road at the ambulance over to the scene, and they all but took four of us out. Wow. So after that, my department got into the habit of. Um, after a lot of training, parking at an angle. Yes. And, you know, that's another thing. Um, the, the whole doing fire police or doing traffic, people are like, oh, well, that's the cakewalk. All that guy does is that guy just got to stand there and babysit the road. That's, that's super. Extremely dangerous because how how many times have you seen somebody or how many of you know someone who gets road rage? Oh yeah, yep. Okay, no, not me at all. And now, yeah, <laughs> no, right, never, not me, not me. Skinny pedals on the right, move it or lose it. Get the fuck off the <laughs> road. Give me your goddamn license. Would you find it in a cracker jack box? Yeah, I know. Hey, hey, left lane's the fast quit lane. Quit listening asshole. to me drive. Yeah, quit listening <laughs> to me drive. I'm getting tired of this. I feel it. <laughs> I'm in the hammer lane. Move it or get the mick fuck out my way. <laughs> uh huh. But hey, that's probably this- why some of the ambulances now are playing baby shark as a as a siren. Dude, that's great. <laughs> uh, but um but anyways, so this brings me to a story I think 2 years ago where I live there is a four corner. It is two major truck routes. My I, it sits right outside my house. My firehouse is a stone's throw across the road. Literally, for those of you who actually have looked at my have looked at where I live, you know it is literally a stone's throw across the road. Mm-hmm. I am sitting there. We've got the road blocked, and of course, there's gas station with a post office that we were told that we couldn't block off because the incident was de- was down a lot further and there was a side road 
So, but they had us up here at the intersection, at least stopping traffic from going down. Well, while you're sitting there trying to tell these uh, the these truck drivers who are on a clock, because you know Texas a um, an overroad truck driver, he can back me up on this. You've got an 11 hour driving day. At that 11 hour point or before, you need to park. You don't. Yep. You're yep. done. You're yeah. You're my normal job. I follow DOT as well. Um, and I understand that because I used to take and I used to run over road. So as I'm sitting there, Hey driver, where are you going? 88. You can't go this way. How do I get there? So I tell them which way to go. Meanwhile, I've got other cars that are sitting there waiting for me. And one of the things that I hate, and I'm sure the rest of you guys can back me up on this. You don't leave one person to do traffic. You should have two. I got left by myself to do traffic in oh, front wow. of my house. I have an impatient road rage person try to hit me with their car. In front of my house, I am wearing blaze orange, or not blaze orange, but I'm wearing my my you know ANSI safety vest, my fire department lid. I have a fire truck with full lights going right there. And my kids looking out the window. And this person is like, let's see if I can turn this firefighter into a horn ornament. And unfortunately, that's something else that we deal with. Something as simple as, hey, you're on traffic control. Okay, that's fine. But then we get these people that think that their time is more important than the emergency or somebody else's life. And what do they do? They go, oh, well, he made me take and he made me late. Boom. Yeah, unfortunately, and the world pardon, we live in. Pardon my French, but it's bullshit. That's true. One percent. Here, uh, I found that video that you were talking about, uh, Jason. You on it, Rescue? Yeah, on it now. You might want to make it full screen, though. I, I'm making it full screen. Yeah. Was it there? It is. Here, here's what Jason was talking about. <laughs> Dude, if I could make our ambulance sound like that in Newark, I'd be freaking on fire. Oh, right. So we we were just talking about, like I said, shutting highways down. So I got a footage to show you. This is probably about two and a half years ago. The state police would not allow us to shut this interstate down. So let me know when everybody's in. I'm in. Uh, I'm in. Yeah. So this is this is one of our major highways that we run that goes to Newark Airport. They wouldn't let us shut this road down. Watch this. That is a fuel tanker truck. Completely loaded. 
they would not let us shut this highway down in yeah, either see, direction. At that point, if anything had happened, that would have been on them. You know, if anybody had died, that would have been on them. See this right here? That's a state cop. Wow. Now, what happens with this? With these people who are, you know, going through these other lanes of traffic? What happens if they get, if they get, you know, if they get clipped or something by an explosion? Uh, by an explosion. That's the thing I don't get. I just, I, I argue with them every single time we do this. And they still don't understand. Guess what? Is there, is that a, is there a fire scene up there? Yeah. Are you fire? No. My scene. Shut the hell up and do what I tell you. Exactly. Yeah. They don't care. Well, you know what? That one bad thing happens is somebody dies and they get their ass sued back to the Stone Ages. They're going to learn. Well, isn't yeah. it somewhere in, uh, with written somewhere in FEMA, if it's a fire scene that fire has control, ultimately has control until that fire is mitigated? Yeah, I think that's part of the ICS system, like 800 or something like that. That's what you could throw back in their face on that one. I have, I have been to all that. I've been up and down those roads numerous times. It doesn't work because wow. I mean the state of, the state police. I hate to say this on freaking <laughs> and on the internet, but the state police have a big ego game. Their ego is we're in charge. You're not. Who gives a crap what you think? Right. More or less, and it really really upsets me that they they have that ego trip because that ego trip could kill one of us well it's well, not only that i mean one way that that would really fix them go we did it with we did it with one of ours because we had um we had a police officer that was new out of the academy running for the state troopers um and with fire or EMS, you're bound to patient care. You cannot leave that patient. Right. It's neglect. Okay. Now, here's the thing. This one guy thought he was big and bad. We had the patient extricated. The bus was on the way. We were waiting for a tow. We told him, okay, this your scene? Yep, good. You can sit here and wait for the tow truck. And we loaded up on the rig and we left. Guess who was sitting there babysitting the accident scene for three hours until a tow truck came? <laughs> yeah, I've actually me? had I've actually had state police roll up on a before we did because we had a you know slower slower response time being one hundred percent rural. Mm -hmm. I had a state trooper roll up in front of us on an accident. He was already up at the scene trying to do whatever it is the state police does here on a car accident. Anyway, he uh, he's up there. I hit the PA, say, hey, whoever's state car this is, get it moved so I can get up there. Well, he refused to move, refused to move. 
So finally I said, oh, hey, you've got 30 seconds to get back here to your car or I'm moving it for you. And he, he moved pretty quickly. There's a reason so why fire trucks have big old bumpers. Exactly. exactly. And I have a picture up right now that shows kind of the same things as my some of my buddies up where I came from. This is why we shut down the highway. That right there is helicopter guys that has a crew plus a patient. If that thing goes down, all these people that are standing back here, their lives are in danger. I don't think you uh, just, you know, the public wants to be around if this thing happened to go south. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. it's exactly. not good. That's why even. That's why even we had a landing zone for an ATV accident, and um, this actually just recently, within like a month or two, I think, and um, bad ATV accident, and we had a landing zone set up in a hayfield. Well, guess what? We shut the road down before the hayfield. And people are like, why are you doing it? Why are you shutting the road down? The helicopter's nowhere near it. I said, well, the ambulance and everything still has to get up and down this road. And if you're in the way, you're putting that person's life in danger. Right. I've always used the uh, rotor wash excuse. Hey, if you're up yeah. close enough, you know, that, that helicopter blade can as much... You know, vacuum and stuff as it's got, it could pick up a rock and throw it clear through your windshield. You could become the next patient. Yep. Yeah, I tell you, oh. we, we used to uh, <laughs> we used to have a helicopter landing zone. We'd land it on a baseball field, and let me tell you, that sand <laughs> it doesn't it'll, play when it blows around. It'll sandblast you. Yeah, and yeah. this is what the, this is what the state police do to us. We can only shut down one side of the highway. Wow. Yeah, and look at it. Look at all that work. Look at all those people that are sitting there trying to work. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, just think of what happens if that helicopter shit went south on that. Yeah. Uh, it would yep. take out all that, all that north, that southbound lanes. Yeah. Yeah. Then what happens if there's a gust? That, if there's a gust that comes across and pushes that helicopter over into the uh, into the next, you know, the other lanes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But that's all the room they give us. Wow. That's, yeah, that's they're saying, ridiculous. you know, right that's here, ridiculous. they... Bird hits the rotor or something, that thing just drops from the sky. Oh, yeah, you're getting... Yeah. It's the FCN. I mean, once jet fuel ignites, you're done. Oh, yeah. It's a hot yeah. fire, and it's going to spread. And the and the thing is, is a lot of people don't understand is our turnout gear that we have is not made for aircraft fuel. No. Nope. Nope. And it's not made to go past five hundred degrees. I learned that last week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The hard way, I'm assuming. Uh, yeah. I I, I learned that about two weeks ago when I had my leather on and it actually started to melt. That's and see that's something else that I'm just gonna touch on right here, as part of the PTSD and the support system with the firefighters. Now, Jason, or 
yeah, Jason, who's a deputy chief, is about lives about three hours from me. Mm-hmm. Mike is in a time is in a time zone three hours behind me. He's on the other side of the country. I have had both these men come to me and say, "Hey, I need to talk to you." Yep. And in the case of, and in the case of Mike, some of you guys who are in my stream might might know. I started my stream, and you had no sound, and you guys were yelling at me that my mic was muted. You know why? Because my brother needed me. Right. And that's right. why. Yeah. And I did the same thing, I think, with Jason. I was in the middle of my stream, and it was, I think it was the night that you had the accident. Yeah, and I had a I need, that morning. You're like, I need to talk. And I said, okay. And I said, everybody, you're going to lose sound. Don't worry. We'll be right back. And I killed my mic and I killed my desktop sound because my Discord goes through my desktop. And I handle and I handled my business because my family needs me. All, yeah. All I said to Rescue was I came into a stream and said, Rescue, I need you. That was it. Three words, and, the, and all of us in the Brotherhood know that. If there's a firefighter that comes to you and says, I need you, you drop everything. I, that's exactly. Matter of fact, I told uh, I told Mike, who I have never met in person. Nope. But I told him, I said, if you need me, I'm on the road tonight. Yeah. Didn't I, Mike? Absolutely did. And Rescue knows the same thing for me. He needs me. I'm driving to Seattle, hopping on the next plane over. Goes the same way here. Yeah, I don't have my papers. I can't travel on airplanes. Uh, I don't yeah. either, but I will figure it out. I'll steal somebody's if I have to. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I don't, ta- I don't use planes. I'm a faster in a car. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, well you got well. You exactly. well, you had a Jeff deputy chief's vehicle. Oh, shut up! I'll be here next week. Shut up. <laughs> but the the time they have to work in mandatory overtime, pay for the Dude, damn do not do not even get me started on that on this stream. I am. They wanted me to. They wanted me to come in today. Oh, jeez. But the the touch. Are they actually was... making you work mandatory overtime to pay for your truck? No, what happened was we usually <laughs> usually through our academy we we put close to like eighty to a hundred um, rookies through the academy every six to seven months because how our how our system works is we a lot of the guys that re, will be in retirement it will clear us out pretty quick. Well, we only have twenty five recruits in right now, and. The, uh, we lost like 30 people at the beginning of the month. Oh, wow. So they, they're they not filling every station back up. So they said to us last week, I was supposed to be down at the shore with my family and my friends for the weekend. They says, oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you, you have mandatory overtime. I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, you have to put 72 hours in mandatory overtime. I'm like, you got to be shitting me. Yeah. From last Thursday night, Friday, Saturday, I didn't get home till Sunday morning at nine o'clock. Oh shit! Wow. 
and I was pissed because I was supposed to be down at the. It was a gorgeous weekend. I was supposed to be down at the shore with the family and friends. Yeah, that got shit canned. Yeah. Of course, it was a gorgeous weekend. If it was a shitty weekend, they wouldn't have made you do it. <laughs> right? Exactly. But no, it's mandatory right now until we get more recruits. It's mandatory. Set. Um, you have to pull a seventy-two hour shift once a month. But no, the thing is, is Ed, they weren't. They're not actually making him work to pay off the new truck to, to replace the one that got wrecked on the fire scene. <laughs> they. This is this is the whole thing about the about the fire service. This is all about busting balls. Yep. And oh, yeah. that's exactly what I'm doing with him right now. Dark humor. You know, I don't I don't care if they're making me work their overtime to pay for the truck. I get a brand new 2021. I don't care. Right. And my my yeah, chief but... my chief still running around in a night um 2019. Nice. <laughs> well, either way, it's still just a damn you know, ten full pack of gum. That's all it is. That's all it is. Yeah, it's a million dollars worth of crap in it. <laughs> the exactly. days of actually having a truck that can actually stand up to any kind of abuse are long gone. Right. Uh, I saw something. It was on Facebook, and you know, it it sticks with me because of there was. A, I think it was a Focus hatchback, and there was another, and there was another little like Chevy sedan or something. And both these cars are newer, and they are just wrecked and totaled. What happened was the first car ran into the back of a seventy. I think it was a 70. It was like a Dodge Dart. The Focus and the Chevy were wrecked. You know what happened to that old Dodge Dart? It, bent, it, it, took, it took and it bent the bumper a little bit. That's it. It bent the bumper mounts. And it, it, they're idea. not making cars. They're not making cars like they used to. They used to no. make cars that you could take in that... You could uh, you could take and you could tap a you could tap something and not have a problem. Right. Your car goes your car goes into neutral at half a mile an hour and pump and bumps into a concrete post now, and it looks like an accordion. Uh, right. And they built yeah. them that way. The the crumple zones on them. It's going to be totaled if you wreck it, but oh, it saves your life. And then it turns into a cocoon because it's got a damn airbag that blows out from everywhere. This is, this is true, however, and Tex, um, I don't think you were, you don't think I, I talked to you about this. My my brother yesterday morning was in a bad car accident. Um, he he works for Ditchwich in North Carolina, and um, he was merging from um, a two-lane to a one-lane road. And they had had a hailstorm shortly before, and he um, he hit a slick spot of that road with the hail, and um, his new or new I say probably it probably was a nineteen um, Ford F one fifty did a one eighty and the eighteen wheeler behind him couldn't stop. Oh yep, wow. Mm. Um, 
According to the trooper on site, I should be going to North Carolina for a funeral. Luckily, wow. I luckily I'm not. However, my brother did have to spend three hours last night in surgery while they reconstructed his shattered right ankle and his shattered left arm. Oh wow! So yeah, crumple zones. I know we talk about it. We talk about them like they're the worst things ever. But they do actually they do work. the job do and do the work. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I yeah, hate we were talking them. About... I'll tell you, I hate them, but they do save lives. Right. And back to the dark humor thing, you know, people, I've had people ask me, well, don't you lose your appetite or how can you eat, you know, within just a few hours of going on one of these nasty runs? You know, it, it, we become immune to it to a point. Um, I've been on, right. I've been on suicides before we've gone up cause here in Indiana, or at least my County, uh, basic can pronounce on scene. So we oh, get wow. there, New we York, pronouncing New York's did that, um, a couple of years ago, just before I got out of EMT. Yeah. We went up, we pronounced him, you know, we're sitting, standing around with our thumb up our rear end, waiting for the coroner to show up. Got two counties and a or county and a state officer there because it was a suicide by gun. And uh, we're sitting there waiting. You know, they paged us out while we were sitting at, I think it was Burger King or McDonald's. And uh, it was McDonald's because I said, okay, well, I'm going to go finish my lunch. I went back to the truck, grabbed my, grabbed my Big Mac, and went and sat on the tailboard on the back bumper. And... The deputy, he was training a new guy, and he just looked at me. He said, "How can you sit here and eat that when there's a guy that's, you know, his half of his chest caved in because he put a 12 gauge slug through it?" So I've seen enough of this stuff; it doesn't bother me. And say. I know, I know more than said that. And the guy, the deputy that's training him, went to his car, got the rest of his subway sub, and was less than <laughs> four feet from the body. <laughs> right. And that and that's it. I mean, I, my answer to him would have been, "Well, I'm hungry." I mean, I went out one night as an IRP unit. I wasn't on duty. I was at the house running as volunteer. Went out up there on an IRP call. It was a single vehicle rollover, and you know this dude's head was, you know, popped. I followed a trail of brain up to it. Went home and finished eating my hamburger before I went out on the next call. Yeah. yeah. Why is it always hamburgers, though? Oh, oh, no, it's spaghetti, spaghetti, dude. Spaghetti and meatballs. Yep. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I, I, jump, I, I jumped off of off the rig at a barn fire. And the thing is, is that as a bar, at a barn fire, you all know that there's going to be some animal casualties. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So we pull up, and this is back when I'm interior, and I'm sitting there, and I'm, I jump out, and I go to grab my tool. I grab it, and I turn around and look at the chief who drove the engine. I'm like, anybody else really hungry for hamburgers all of a sudden? Right. <laughs> because that's all you could smell was cooking hamburgers. Right. Exactly. Yeah, but my the barn fire I had that had livestock in it, it, it wasn't cows. It wasn't hogs. Unfortunately, it was horses. Oh, my they God. they don't smell good either. No, no. 
No, they Humans don't. don't smell good, and, but horses don't smell green. much better. You know what else yeah. doesn't smell good? Sheep. Uh, Never well, been on one with feet. There is, there is one more, and this is. I, I, I will still remember the smell. Dry dog food. Oof. Oh, it oh. is the nastiest smelling Oof. shit Oof. ever. I tell you, well, I had a mulch fire one time, and if I get. They, these were giant, like, two-story high piles. It was on the side of a riverbank, and they loaded barges down there. Mm -hmm. They didn't turn it enough, so, of course, it spontaneously combusted. And, mm -hmm. you know, I had come back from testing for a fire department that morning, wound up down there on this fire for eight hours. And to this day, if I'm downwind from a big mulch pile like that, I'll freaking gag. Yep. And the thing is, is the dark humor. What is the what is wrong with you? And a lot of us, we just, mm. right. you know, uh, you get called to a, you get called to a residential structure fire, and you know, people have pets. Mm -hmm. Yep. Everybody, people have pets, and people are attached to their pets. When you take and when you go, when you take and when you go in there, and you unfortunately find a pet that is burned up or passed, one of the things you should not do, and I learned this from experience, is put it in a bag, walk out on the front porch, and go, "Anybody order Chinese?" <laughs> That's almost as good as mine. We had a shit. We had a house. Uh, two-story residential and uh, the, the it started in the basement so the bottom floor was kind of burnt so we laddered into the into the second window and mm -hmm. animals had passed because the heat and smoke we were throwing them out the fucking window oh, for the second story just talking about the window Good yeah I know a guy probably I don't know, between 25-30 years ago um, had a mobile home fire and owner was beside herself couldn't find any of her cats couldn't find any of her cats well they found a couple of them in the one one bedroom they wrapped her up in a, wrapped them up in a sheet or blanket or something took them out there was one unaccounted for well this guy was in the front bedroom and they had taken the front window for ventilation <laughs> said hey we still got one cat missing looks kind of looks like this the guy looked down there it was he handed it out the window tail for grabbing it by its tail oh, with wow. the homeowner right there uh, of course this was yeah. like I said 25-30 years ago right if I if I was working a re working a residential fire or something and I ended up finding an animal I always found something to put it in paper bag mm -hmm. suitcase something because you know anybody who has, who's has an animal knows that you get attached to those animals those are your kids you yeah. know those yeah. are whatever yep. and the last thing you want to see is uh, somebody you know walking up to the front porch and going ah, get out of here fluffy and kicking it you know? yeah we uh, we had a early in my career we had a structured fire in a residence and 
at, while we were doing overhaul, the, one of our homeowners came up and said, hey, you know, my kids have cats in here, so if you find any, let me know. We, we didn't, weren't able to get a hold of them. So we ended up finding two or three of them. They had perished. And he said, well, if you guys can find a way to wrap them up and go put them behind the barn, and I'll bury them so my kids don't see it. Right. Okay. So, yeah, it's, yeah. Unfortunately for me, I was diagnosed with this, with these demons in 13, even though I've been dealing with them for several years before. And uh, you know, I, have, I have my good days, I have my bad days. Um, here the last week, it's been more bad than good. Um, I won't go into details here in the podcast, but yeah, Mike Rescue, I'd be willing to talk to you guys about it afterwards. Oh, yeah. But, um, uh, of course. Of course, Redline uh, family, we're, we're there for you, brother. You ever, you ever need anybody to talk to, you just hit anybody up right here and we'll all listen. Yep. yep. Well, we're all in this. We've all done it. Or yep. still doing it. Yeah. I, still uh, doing it. I may be young. I'm 31 years old. I retired from the fire service at 30. I hung it up, said I'm, I'm not picking it back up unless I'm going in as an investigator, and that's it. I will not get back on a rig. I will not go back to doing 911 EMS. I'll, I'll be an investigator. I'll be an obstructor, but I will not get back on a rig. I don't blame uh, Yeah, I don't blame you either. I, I have a buddy of mine, um, uh, Full Fender. Uh, he's, I don't think he's home tonight, um, but he actually, um, had an incident where, um, and it ties in with the theme of the night, which is post-traumatic stress. Um, he actually hung up his turnouts. He was just like, you know what? I'm done. I can't do this. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, I'm not gonna lie, there. I've I've been close a couple times. I there are there are times. I mean, we are in a job where we seal, where where we see and we deal with a lot, and it's stuff that everybody is just like, oh well, they're they're used to that. Let me tell you something. I don't care how many times. I have to go cut open a car. I am never going to get used to taking somebody's brother, somebody's sister, somebody's mom, somebody's dad, something like that, and having to chuck their body parts into a, into you know a body bag. I'm never going to get used to that. It, see, mine. I thought about hanging it up more recently because, yeah, we signed up. We know what we're doing. But for, I don't know, the past month and a half, we have had, I, I don't know, probably one to every three calls have been a CPR call. Not a single one have we saved. I've been on, I've probably been on five or six CPR calls in the past five weeks. And it catches up to you. It does. It, it does. 
And, you know, the fact that you can have somebody who can come up there and, you know, pat yourself, pat you on the back and say, you did all you can. We just can't save them all. That doesn't help. No. Because no, we are hard. We are hardwired. We are the help. We are the 911. We go there. We make everything better. And when you can't make everything better, it just kills you. You know, where I was, because in Pennsylvania, it's more of an elderly population. So when I did this stuff in Pennsylvania, I dealt with a lot of elderly. Uh, we didn't really save that many. But um, that's not the ones that affect you. You're talking about children. I have only ever been involved in one birth, and it was a stillborn. So that's never a good, you know, call when you do something like that. Okay. But you know what was even odder about it is this woman had two other kids was told she could never have another natural birth swore she didn't know she was pregnant i'm like how do you uh, i just left it at that but she was in a bathroom so we had to basically cut a wall out we landed a helicopter and it was such a you know extended extrication that they brought the helicopter crew to the scene. We all loaded up into an ambulance. And let me tell you what's even worse about this call. Or what this is just kind of like, let's just call it yin and yang. Because I was not on an ambulance this day. I was doing IRP. I actually went to a call where it said a five-day-old baby not breathing. I beat everybody to the scene. And... I walk, I was come running in the house, first thing I hear is a baby crying. I said, that baby's breathing, you know. Checked it, and then <laughs> it was kind of icy and snowy. So I'm waiting for this rescue, trying to get it to, it's trying to get up the hill and it's sliding and there's only one way in and out. So I had to wait for the rescue to get unstuck and down the road before I could leave to go down to the other call. So we get this, you know, stillborn baby down there. And uh, we uh, finally get her out of the house. At this point, it's actually going to be the same amount of time for me to drive to the hospital and probably get there at the same time as that helicopter would if they had fired it up on the way there and we transferred over. So I have, I think, one paramedic. I've got the flight medic, the flight nurse, the observer that was on the helicopter, and an IRP. I've had like five or six medical in the back of this ambulance, and I'm driving, and it's about 17 miles, I think, to the hospital down there. And yeah, I made it there, and as I was pulling in the hospital, the helicopter was coming in for a landing at the same time. But it's weird stuff like that. I went from one, you know, where, hey, okay, that baby's breathing, to a stillborn baby. All within an hour. And sometimes that's just the nature of the beast. I mean, yeah. it, you can take, and, and that's the thing. I mean, you can sit there. I've been, I've been, I've been sitting at the firehouse writing out a PCR for a fatality 
um, accident where there's no way or a, somebody with extended downtime. And, you know, I'm not even halfway through this PCR, which for those of you who don't know, PCR means pre-hospital care report. Um, every EMT has to fill them out. Nowadays, they're electronic. When I did it, it was a sheet of paper. You had to push hard because, you know, there was, three, there was two other sheets that you had to carbon copy onto. Um, I hated those days. Right. But I, um, I, I'm halfway into doing one for, you know, this overdose patient. And then I get banged out for another call and I'm supposed to shrug this first call off because it's time to go to work. In some calls, you can't shrug off. Nope. I mean, we were talking earlier about, you know, burning, burning humans being a smell we'll never forget. You know, mm. something we'll never get over. Well, another one too is cracking ribs, breaking sternums. Oh yeah. CPR. That's one thing. Yep. It it don't matter how many times you do it, you'll never never get used to it. Nope. Nope. Like a lot of you guys don't know where I even work. I work in Newark, New Jersey, and I deal with more of kids getting shot. Oh wow. And get that out of your head when you go to a house that a bullet went through because it was a drive-by and there's a two-year-old or an infant in there that got hit. Try to get that out of your head. When I've got a 12-month-old son sitting in my bedroom sleeping right now. Yeah, you can't. I, I'd just like to say that I knew that. <laughs> yeah. But, no, um, yeah, and that's one of the things, knowing that knowing that Jason's in um, in a more busier area that he deals with a lot more, you know, like I told Jason, you know, I'm, I'm available nine times out of 10. Mm -hmm. I don't go nowhere. I don't do anything. My back is blown out about the only time that I'm running is when my pager goes off. That's it. And I told him, I said, you get a bad call. You get something like that. Call me. I don't care. Call me. All right. I mean, that's, I've been on, car accidents have been horrible, but going to a, pretty much a shootout on a block and knowing kids are hit, that runs a whole nother meaning through your head. Yeah, once you become a parent, kids, any call involving kids is going to hit you 20 times harder. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, look at what happened Especially if that kid's around your age, your kid's age. Yep. Yeah, I mean, look what happened. Go ahead, Mike. Today. <laughs> Go ahead, Mike. I don't, I don't mean to cut you off. I was saying, I was saying, you know, look at what happened in Times Square today. You know, the mom and the kid that got shot in broad, broad daylight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think the yeah, she was. There was a three-year-old. And the way that the the way that our world works anymore, with road rage like we said earlier, and all this other stuff, 
God knows you know it's you never know what you're gonna come upon. Oh no. I I I had heard a story where um I think it was the fire department or EMT. They sat there and they went to go it was a weird call. It was something like a twenty five or thirty year old with um a cardiac issue. Which is not totally unheard of, but it's a very rare call. EMTs walked in, hey, hey sir, how you doing? They start going to go set, have set up, how you feeling? Fine. Guy pulls out a Glock and shoots the EMT. Yeah. And, and the way it works now, have they found the guy that shot, you know, that mom and daughter in, um, in Times Square, had they found him and, you know, an officer returned fire and shoot the guy back, that cop would have been the bad guy. Yep, absolutely. And then, you know, you got some of us out there who are saying, okay, well, hey, with everything that's going on in the world with fire and EMS, you know, being shot at, all this stuff, um, you know, why don't we go through the proper training, start wearing, you know, start wearing a vest under our, you know, under our regular clothes, you know. I do already. Some up and, and some yeah. carry again. And a lot of places are starting to look into it. Um, I think Columbus, I want to say it was Columbus, Ohio. They actually started putting some of their guys through uh, firearms training with their local PD funny because I got out of EMS in 2011 and this was already a problem back then. I, yes. ran around Pitt, I ran around Pittsburgh PA and they were getting people together and actually sending them to train with SWAT and police and were getting tactical medic training and that was basically to go in with SWAT teams but they could even go into just regular EMS scene and could carry a gun and everything because you, you never knew what you were getting into. Well, that, like on fire scenes, if somebody's trying to pull a, trying to kill somebody, I was just reading about one before I came in this deal, where you know, somebody set the house on fire and was shooting at the fireman when they got there. Yeah. Yep. But they are. Well. Yeah, but, we we went through that whole tactical SWAT training. Because where we're at, I mean, we got gangs and stuff like that. We did it with the gang unit and the SWAT unit. And I'll tell you right now, like we talked about a long time ago in the last podcast we did, you got to imagine with all that gear and all that stuff we have on, plus wearing a bulletproof vest underneath that, Yeah, that's a lot of, a lot of weight. And, you know, yes, I'd rather be protected. I want to come home to my family. I want my guys to go home to their families. But, you know, dead of summer right now, Almost going into summer, uh, that shit's hot, man. Mm-hmm. I, I know how the cops feel. I know totally, but it's part of our training. Like we've got the major airport, we've got all the major malls. I mean, we've got a lot of stuff that goes on. And I'll tell you right now, there's a lot of shootings. I mean, it's constant. It's every day. And you know what? If I have to be safe, I gotta wear my vest and carry my gun. I'm going to. You know, I'll take that line of fire when I can, but. 
I'm not going to do it if a cop says that's not a good place to go right now. If a cop's telling me to stay back, I'm listening to him. I want to go home at the end of the day. Right. Yeah. Okay. And Joe, I'm bringing this. Uh, I'm bringing this up, putting this in the um, in the podcast real quick. This is from the city of Atlanta with the riots. This is a four hundred thousand dollar fire truck. And look at it. They started. They started breaking the windows. God knows what else they did to this truck. And that's the that's the thing. These guys, these people are, you know, they don't care if who you are. If you're wearing any kind of a uniform, you're automatically the enemy. Yep. Yep. I think I we, remember. Go ahead. Go ahead. And we got people, you know, bulletproof vests and stuff like that. I mean, after West Webster, the that one there where, you know, they ended up taking and they ended up, um, they lost, we lost two firefighters because somebody was taking pot shots on the hill. Yep. You know, the thing is, is that, oh, well, you know, they're... Um, well, these guys took these guys went to go do their job, put out a put out a fire. There were some uh, there were some of us that were taken and trying to get hold of bulletproof vests, wear underneath our underneath our fire gear, underneath our EMS vests, all that stuff. Because you know, you're calling these people to help, and you don't really need the help. You're just looking for more victims, right? And even that, though, even though the the thing is, is, and everybody, everybody here who's in the fire service who has had, who has been an EMT or is an EMT, what is the first thing that they the first thing they teach you, the first two lines on your on your clinical sheets, what is it? Scene safe. BSI and scene safe. Scene safe. BSI. Yep. Scene, scene safe. Protect me. Make sure that the scene is safe so I don't get in the. So here, I'll pull, us, say. I'll pull us up, Rescue. I, I remember seeing this after you had uh, after you had posted that. Here's here's the video of that same truck of when it all happened. And tell me that these guys, you know, weren't shitting bricks when this happened. Like you hear that guy, he's saying go, 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 go. Yeah. Yep. He can't even go anywhere except backwards because there's an ambulance in front of him. Exactly. And the ambulance is dealing with the exact same stuff that they are. Yep. Yeah, so tell That's me, ridiculous. you know, those, those guys so aren't right shit now, we've seen peaceful protesting. Yeah. Here. See, that's the problem nowadays because it didn't. I mean, that's always been an issue because you always 
gonna have that one person that's just, you know, after uh, a death, they're just after bodies, you know, they're not there mentally, there's a lot of, you know, psych patients you go pick up, different things like that, people have mental issues, but it did never used to be like that, now it's common. When I started in the fire service, you didn't hear about, you know, bulletproof vest as being protection you needed to go to work on either fire or an ambulance. You know, that, that's, that's sad. You know, um, I have somebody, sad. I have somebody in my uh, chat, uh, John Clem. He was like, oh, Cleveland yeah. Fire is starting wow. to get panels into their jackets uh, versus a vest. So they're bit, so there you got Cleveland Fire Department who I was looking at getting turnout jackets that actually have the sleeves. I, it's a bad analogy, but I'm going to. For those of you who play Call of Duty, especially Warzone, where you see the guy unzip his, his bulletproof vest and slide panels in, that's what they're basically talking about with the Cleveland Fire Department, where they're having these panels where they're putting in bulletproof plates. Right. You never thought, I never thought I'd see the day where a turnout jacket's going to have slots for bulletproof panels. Hey, to tell you the truth, I never, to tell you the truth, I never thought I'd see the day either, but at the same point in day, time i never thought that a day would come where it would be necessary right well that's exactly it i never thought it what they be necessary. and what they may be doing is what with soft armor they can do just about anything what they may yeah. be doing is some of these turnout companies may be looking to with some of these uh companies of already that produce body armor they may be looking to produce a soft armor that goes all the way around the torso of a coat and just implementing it in with the coat. Yeah, it's gonna add another 15, 20 pounds. But are we worried about the 15, 20 pounds or are we more worried about our guy's safety? Right. I, I mean, don't that, care, I'll take gonna... 15, 20 pounds as long as my guys go home. I'll, tra yeah, I'll, I'll take that 15, 20 pounds and train my guys to use it every single day. And, yep. the, and the thing about that 15, 20 pounds is, is that's going to stop basically any small caliber. It's not going to do much with a rifle. I mean, it's it's bulletproof armor. It's, I think it's level two or maybe level, level three at the most. Level, I, what I wear for work is level 3A. Is it? Okay. Yep, yeah. and that'll stop up to, I believe it's a 40, 45. 45, yeah. But if you get somebody with a high-powered rifle, it doesn't matter what armor you're wearing. Well, the only way that's going to help is if you're wearing plate armor. Well, and I, I think you ain't going to wear that. <laughs> I think rescue and and uh, Jason probably back me up. If I was um, if I was an engine operator on that truck in Atlanta, I don't care who's in my way. I'm going through them to get my guys home. Uh, they're yep. throwing rocks at hey, me. I'm going through them. I mean, Let me. I, I I'll tell you right now. If I were if I was the engineer on that truck, I realized that there's an there's an ambulance or something in front of me. I'm telling I'm telling the guy on the officer seat, lay on the horn, and I'm making my own damn lane. Yeah. You're either yeah. in my you're either 
you're either jumping out of my way or you're a fucking speed bump. I'm done. Right. Because the guys on that rig, at that point in time, that's my main priority. Not your dumbass throwing rocks. Yep. I mean, it's drive, one of the first I'd things you taught us. One of the first things yeah. you taught us as an engineer. Your job is to get everybody on that truck out of the station to the scene and back to the station in one piece. Yep. And go home and, safe. In the fire service, we are taught me, we, us, them. Yep. 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 And you know who's the most important person on that truck? Me. 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 And then I'm worrying about the rest of it. Right now, believe it or not, I've got an engine crew sitting right here in front of me. I got an engineer, I've got a chief officer, and I've got other firefighters. Yep. 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 And guess what? If I'm driving the rig, my my main priority is these guys. Yep. Exactly right. Yeah, back to our main topic for the night. Seems like we kind of got off track a little bit. Um, we always get off track. Say, oh. This this happens a lot, <laughs> dude. There's there's like four different train tracks and they're all crisscrossed. <laughs> That's right. We all just meet in the middle somehow. Right. Yeah, <laughs> long as long as the trains don't crash, we're all right. <laughs> no, we're like Thomas um, the train engine. We meet in the middle and then we all back away. Right, yeah. yeah, right there, the thing, and it just, yeah, yep. right there, right there, the freaking roundabout train station, yeah. <laughs> but what no, you have uh, here is a firehouse, that's what you have here, yep. yeah, right. the firehouse gotta, kitchen. That's exactly what I was gonna say, Josh. We got ourselves yep. a firehouse kitchen, yep. All we need is spaghetti and meatballs. <laughs> hey, that hey, is, does that look, that hey, does that look like that guy's brains and eyeballs to anybody else or not? Right? <laughs> but no, if there's any uh, fresh firefighters out there listening or watching or you know any that are looking into the field, you do proceed with this, watch your mental health. There's, yeah. there's no shame in backing out, whether you've got two years in, 20 years in or you're looking at 30 years ready to retire. It starts affecting you, get the hell out. Or and something and something else, you know, if you if you're had a bad call and it's starting to, and you can feel yourself starting to slip a little bit, go to your guys. Go to your guys on the truck who dealt with the same thing. If they're no help, if they're no help, Go up. Go to your go to your truck officer, your truck lieutenant, your truck captain, or if in the case of some of the small rural departments, go to your chief. Be like, hey, I'm having a problem with this. Either they can talk to you, they can talk to you about it, and or they will call you. They will call in somebody or put you in touch with somebody who can help you. Yep. Yep. That's where critical stress debriefing is huge. It's not about, you know, everybody thinks that, you know, with with firefighters and stuff like that, 
like the one the one comic that I see a you know good woman leaning up against your leaning up against the door frame going uh, looking at looking strange at the firefighters and the one guy's going man we can't all look like the people on station 19 you know you gotta we don't we're not the best at keeping ourselves healthy body or mind because there, yep. there's stuff that warms our warms its way in there, and rather than talk about it, a lot of us old dogs we're taught just repress it, put it out of the way, mm-hmm. and that's the issue. So if you're just getting into this job, you've been on the job for a little bit, or you're been on the job for 20, 30 years, and you're getting ready to retire, or whatever. If you've got something bothering you, go to somebody. Right. It's no different than you than when you do your oh shit classes. What do they tell you when you do your oh shit classes? If you see something, say something. Well, if you see something and it bothers you, say something. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and it and it's I'm... not the mental thing of talking to just your guys at the station. You got family at home that. We'll sit down and listen to you. My wife does it every single night I get home. I could have a good day. I'll still talk to her about things. I could have a bad day. I'll still say it. You know, don't bottle it up. I mean, that's the worst thing you can do. When you start bottling things up, it's going to go off like a stick of dynamite. And when it goes off, it's bad. It's going to take everything you got. Yep. And, and, and I mean, there's five of us here. I was going to say, there's five of us here that are on the same wavelength. If you don't feel comfortable talking to your guys, your department, or your family, if you're in here listening, you can talk to us even. Yeah. Yeah. I I have said that to everybody. Anybody who's been into my stream, because as a lot of you know, Firefighter Dad, Tex, Jason, you guys all found me because I'm a streaming firefighter. And, you know, I've... What's one of the things I've all I've always said, whether you're emergency services or not, you need to talk to somebody. Get a hold of me, day or night. I don't care. Yeah. I will take I will stay up playing with my kids and stuff for sixteen hours. If that other eight hours I need to sleep, if you have an issue and you need to talk, I will talk to you for that other eight hours. And it's, it's not just firefighters. I have plenty of cop friends that I tell them if they need to talk about something because they had a bad day, it builds up on everybody. Um, Everyone. I have my, my son's godfather is a Delaware state cop, and he'll call me once a week and just vent, you know, because he doesn't want to vent to his wife. You know what? Right. We're all there. We're a brotherhood. Blue, red, green, it's, it's a brotherhood no matter what you look at it. And exactly. you need if you need the vent, and that goes for anybody here. Need a vent? Hit one of us up. Anybody that's in any of the streams, hit us all up. We're all here to listen. That's all you need. It's just someone to listen. Exactly. Exactly right. I tell you, one of the things that, that contributes mainly to this, and this is me speaking for me, but a lot of y'all, when I talk to y'all, I kind of see the same thing in it. I mean. 
we all got into fire department and EMS and everything. We got in this to help people. You know, that's what we do. But the problem is, is me as a helper, I'm more than happy to help everybody else, but I don't really want to work on any of my own problems. I just put all that on the back burner. I'm willing to help anybody. And unfortunately, that can be very unhealthy. And you wind up with that bottled up syndrome and then you just explode. So you got to be careful. Well, that that comes down to the whole, you know, all of us in emergency services. We're not the ones that call for help. We're the ones that go and are the help. And right, we exactly. always put ourselves in the back burner. And that's what's killing a lot of us. Well, and like I said at the beginning, up until recently, we're there to help, but who's there to help us? Exactly. Right. I actually had a local fire chief. Well, not really local. He's about an hour and a half from me. We talked on the phone one afternoon, and he, he kind of put it to me in this term, in these words, and it, it really made sense to me. When it comes to problems in our own life, we kind of look at it this way. As first responders, we're expected to show up and fix things now. When it comes to problems in our own life, we expect that too. We expect to fix it now. Right. When a lot of the problems we deal with, especially with our mental health, it's not something we can fix right now. It's a process that we have to go through. And as first responders, we're not used to that process because we're used to going there, helping somebody now, being done. And it's hard to get out of that mentality. Sure. Well, and a couple months ago, I had a, a friend who was a, a fire chief, and one of my other buddies had talked to him, um, and he was kind of having a rough day. You know, he had some outside fire department issues going on and stuff. Talked to him a couple hours. Um, about four hours after he got off the phone, our, our friend put a forty-five to his head. Oh. And, you know, it, it sucks. Um, but a lot of fire and EMS and police, they turn to that because they think that's the only way out. They turn to that because they're, they feel like there's nobody there for them. Because, like, as we say, we're, we're there for everybody else, and that's how our – I mean, that's basically how our brains work. I mean, we're there to save people. We're there to help people, exactly like we've been saying, and we just can't shut that off. And the only time that – and I mean, I've been down your road, Mike. I've I've had friends like that that've been done done that, and it sucks. It it really sucks, and it makes you think about why am I doing this if this right. if this is what's going to happen, you know. Right. That's why that's why it's good to have people to actually talk to to vent to get this off. I mean, I've been doing this. This is going to be my 17th year paid, but I've been doing this since I was 16. I'm 38, and right. I'm in it for a long time, and now that I have a kid, now that I am became a father, and it, it's hit me harder, and it's put a lot of stress on me because now I've got more things on my shoulders that I go through every night wondering, am I going to make it home to my kid? Am I going to do this? Am I, you know, it's a lot, and it's, it's a lot to vent. And I come home every night. I see my kid, and he takes the whole world out of my, 
out of my picture. Like he just makes me feel a hundred times better, but it's still not taking the stress away. Still not taking those thoughts that you have in the back of your head. Um, it's that's why you have people to talk to. That's why you need to talk to people. Like I say, I come home every night. I talk to my wife. My wife is my my go-to person. Rescue knows I need to talk to him. Same with Mike. I reach out. I get an event. I'm an event. And then you know what? I'm good. Leave me alone. Let me do my. Let me do me. Let me go back to what I was doing. I vented it. We're good. So I mean, the venting is what we need to do because the PTSD. I mean, all of us have it. You just don't realize it. And that's like I try to tell new guys that come in. I'm like, dude, don't go gun ho Don't, you know, keep your head clear. And, you know, they come in. They're there with us for two years, and they're like, dude, this is, like, stressful. I'm like, talk to us. We're here. We're a family. I'd, you rather, know? Spend the next, I'd rather spend the next 20 hours listening to you vent and listening to the shit that's going on in your head than – Sit th- then sit there and listen to your eulogy. Yep. Right. Yep. Amen to that. Like like Rescue and I've said before, this could be the most rewarding job ever, but it can also be the worst job ever too. Yes. This job is going to give you a good sense of pride and it's gonna be a great reward. But at the same point in time, you're taking on a lot of demons. And you cannot fight them alone. Never think you can fight them alone. No, absolutely not. Well, you know, the, the, the most, the basic sense of our job, the title, firefighter. Leave the EMS part out of it, just firefighter. What do you call that? You would actually go in and fight a fire. You're dancing with the devil. Now, you go in and dance with the devil, you're not doing it alone. you got to go in with somebody backing you up. There's none of that lone wolf and stuff. So that's the way you actually got to look at your whole deal. You just said it. We've got a lot of demons we got to fight, and we can't fight them alone. It's not going to happen. You never abandon your partner in a fire. That's right. Nope. Whether, it's a, whether it's an actual fire or they've just... Their mental health has basically set their mind on fire. You never leave your partner in a fire. I mean, Mike, 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 back me up on this because he does this as much as I do. As being a deputy chief and going into the firehouse every morning, I read my guys. Like, I know when my guys are having a good day. I know when my guys are having a bad day. And I know when there's something on someone's mind. I go up to them. Hey, man. You want to talk? They tell me no. I let them. I let them slide. But during the day, if I don't see them getting better, even if it's a problem at home, sit down and talk to me about it. Sit down and talk to another guy. Vent, because you'll feel a lot better. I don't push my guys to do it, but they know my door is always open. They need to talk. Come to my office. We'll shut the door. We'll talk. It's between us. It doesn't go out to the world. Right. Stays here. Well, and my buddy, he um, he just resigned from the fire department to move to Florida. Why he did that, I don't know. But, but he did. He moved to Florida. Um, Isn't that like St. Peter's waiting room? Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but his last training last Monday with us, 
our training got a little hairy. And by a little, I mean really hairy. Um, and I, they texted me yesterday saying, hey, you know, we got down to Florida. We got moved in the new house. And, uh, you know, we were talking for a minute. And I texted him and said, hey, you know, I just want to check on you after after your last training with us. You know, you still good? And, you know, yeah, he's fine. But, um, yeah, it was... It was a you got to buddy check, check your guys. You got to buddy check, check your guys. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, you know, we, we found out at what point our turnout starts smoking. That's not a good... Not a good training. No, no. Mike, come <laughs> on. You should know this by now. Oh, no. Oh, um, we know. We just had to test it. Well, yeah, now yeah, you got to buy new turnout like we do. We yes, test it, see uh, how good it lasts, and then all of a sudden it's junk, so you got to get new gear. My, my helmet's a training helmet now. <laughs> um, well, we had our training. Go in and melt the shield. <laughs> my, my shield, and I don't know, I think, uh, rescuing Jason, your guys is probably two, where the the shield are just kind of like the eyeglasses, but they, you know, they're the fold up one, so they stick inside yeah. your helmet. Oh, I hate those things. Uh, yeah. I hate them too. Mine were inside my helmet. I cannot see out of them now. They are black <laughs> and screwed up. Mike, we did that last Tuesday. We had a, we went to the burn burn center thing, our burning t- tower, and I said, all right, we're gonna crank this biatch up. Cause I'm going in tonight. Like I just needed to get it off my chest. Yeah. Well, my white helmet's not white anymore. It's charcoal black. We we kind of did that too. Yes. We had a a live fire. We were actually burning a house, and um, me and two of my captains and my lieutenant were sitting on the front porch, and this house had two entrances in it, so it kind of had like this built addition over here and then the front door was here well the built addition caught fire before we were ready for it so we're trying to kind of knock it back and keep it back nobody was really paying attention to the front entrance on the right hand side and that bitch flashed on us and it threw us off the damn porch i I remember that because that when that happened mike got a hold of me yep he's like He's like, hey, I was in a training fire. I need to talk. And I'm like, All right. okay, I'm here. Talk. Hi, firefighter mom. Hi. Yeah, we appreciate <laughs> you back there. <laughs> trying to sneak in. Trying to sneak in. And that's I'm like, um, away so I don't pop in and out. One of... One winter... I, well, I know it was after I started streaming. But... Um, older, older guy... Um, his driveway was best maintained in a New York winter, so you guys can pretty much guess what his driveway was. Mm-hmm. And uh, he went to go pull a 30-pound propane tank out of the back of his Explorer. Oh. Lost his footing as the Explorer started sliding down the sheet of ice driveway. The Explorer stopped because it, the one back wheel hit the side of the driveway where the snow was piled up. The other front wheel had a human wheel chock. Mm. Wow. We were on scene. We had to assist the coroner's office with getting him 
out from the wheel well and into the bag on the gurney and we ended up having a, a critical stress a critical incident stress debrief team come in but even before that happened my wife who is an ex-firefighter heard the call on my scanner because this was back before we switched to this piece of junk radio system where you can't oh, hear yeah. anything yeah, don't get rescue started on that. This is <laughs> they put Damn, they put a they put a new tower or not new tower, but they put the new base station in the state into our fire station. Put a new antenna onto it. We still can't talk to nine one one nine times out of ten with the new base station in the in the firehouse. But I can call them on low band. And oh god, Mike, we got him started. Yeah. <laughs> but be that as it may. So she hears the call, she hears the crosstalk and everything. She sees the trucks come back. When the trucks come back, she tells my kids, go to the room, watch TV, close the door. I walk in I walk in the door she goes come with me to the kitchen my wife sits there and does a critical incident stress debrief with me in the kitchen mm -hmm. wow. to make sure that my head is right right I can add to that my volunteer company that I volunteer at it's still hard to this day to, to talk about the guy, but the the guy we used to all love and know, he was a state police. He used to fly the helicopter for state police. And he had his own personal helipad at his house and stuff like that, and he used to fly. Well, I just got off shift one morning. I'm on my way home. I turn on my local paging system, so I'm getting close to home. I want to listen, and I hear our our company get dispatched out it was a little foggy like i said get dispatched out for a plane crash i see the address and i'm like well that's where you know doug lives and i'm like hmm it's about the time he usually lifts off some flies so i started heading that way well i heard my volunteers chief get on the radio i heard the engine get on get on the radio i heard everybody get on scene and as soon as I heard everybody get on scene, I heard what it was. I got on my radio. I got to my, my chief. I said, hey, I'm 10 minutes out. Where do you need me? What do you need me to do? He says, don't even come. we got a another company coming in to handle the whole scene. And he explained to me what happened. And I'm like, are you kidding me? So, like, being the, chief, the deputy chief that I am paid, I says, all right. I'll come, I'll make sure the guys are all right, and we'll get them back to the station, and we'll, we'll we'll debrief back there. So, to make a long story short, it was a very good friend of ours, and it, you, it takes a long time to recuperate. That's still in the back of my mind, of that that was a good friend, but we made the right decision of not controlling the scene. Because right. if we would have controlled the scene, it would have been tragic. Because half of our firefighters were mind-boggled 
you know, I can, it's the worst part about me. I can put that stuff aside and go to work. Right. Not a lot of people can, and you can't do that to your guys. If, if, if I pull up on an accident scene and Mike and rescue are piled up in it. And I know for a fact, my guys are great friends with them. I'm not putting their, 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 their minds to work to say, try to get those guys out. I'm calling the next truck in because I don't want them to go balls to the wall and hurt those two guys. Right. That, that, that's right. just my, that's just my mind aspect. I will sit there and I will talk to them and I'll make sure they're okay. If the shit starts to go south, then that's when I'll say, guys, hey, we need to do something right now to get these guys secure until the next group gets here. Because right. your mind is not right for that. And I know that from past year's experience of having guys on my crew and seeing friends of theirs in an accident and seeing what their what their facial expression is. And it's like, all right, you, truck, don't move. We got this. You know, yeah. and, and, and it, still, it still sits in the back of your mind like that. It, it's... It's one of those things where you just got to talk to people. Mm-hmm. Every year, we have a we have a we have a uh, we call it a happy party for Doug. The day that he crashed, we have a happy party. We we all meet down at the station. We all have lunch. We have beer. We just have a good day to celebrate his life. You know what? If that's how we cope with it, that's how we cope with it as a family. Same as what we if we lost a fallen firefighter, like I told Rescue. Anything ever happened to him and I had to go to his thing? What did I say to you, Rescue? We've we've got a we've got a uh, we've got a, a little agreement. Anything happens to me anything happens to me, he's coming. And he has to march in class A's. And I will keep that promise. I'll be there right with you. I'll fly I'll fly you out here personally. I'll pay for your plane ticket. Because we're taking my new deputy chief's vehicle to that one. Perfect. <laughs> Just do me a favor. Make sure they actually strap my ass down to the top of the engine. I don't want to go falling off. No, me, me and Mike are going to put you in the back of my truck. Yeah. Okay. That'll work. <laughs> Make sure you close the tailgate. Because no. I know you. You're, le- you're leaving no open. Let's see how far we can go before he falls out the back. It's we're a six-and-a-half-foot bed. i got to leave the tailgate down because you ain't going to fit. <laughs> Don't well, worry, still we'll, strap me in. We'll, we'll tie a toe strap to you so when you fall out, we can drag you along. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, at least, as long as he's not going backwards really fast and slam on the brakes, I think you're all right. That's how we're going to put him in the hole. We're not going yeah, to that's, that's what I was going to say, Tex. That's how those bastards are going to put me in the hole. They're so Tex, he's going to be like, so Tex, when I, get to, when I get to the cemetery, I'll tell the guy to clear hole because I'm not putting him on the straps. We're just going to drop him in. <laughs> so we're going to need, we're going to need what? Three test, tri- three test tries? Right. <laughs> Something like that. I'm going to tell them, make sure we get it in the hole before they put the headstone there. That's more expensive than the rest of them. <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's going to be more expensive than the box on it. All right. Are we doing all, one of those old wooden boxes that the Texans used to use that they nailed together and we'll just... <laughs> actually, actually, I hate to take it, I hate to say this, but um, there was a EMT who uh, who... I was close with. Luckily, I did not have to run the call where they found him, but um, I did end up going to his fireman's funeral, and 
I he had the most gorgeous casket. I mean, it had Maltese crosses at all four corners, nice brass rails. I mean, it was really nice. <laughs> yes, that is kind of fucked up. I know, but <laughs> dark humor. Dark humor. It is what it is. <laughs> Casket envy is a real thing. Come on. Now. Hey, hey! All I gotta tell you, like I told my wife, they better have a big enough grave because you're burying me in my truck. <laughs> <All right. laughs> yeah. uh, so, uh, going back to the whole truck thing, I, I forgot to mention that I know I'm not supposed to argue with the chain of command, but I got to correct you on something, Jason. Go ahead. You have a 2019. Your chief now has a 2021. No. <laughs> That's not how this works, buddy. Hey, Jason. Are you at least gonna get a uh, you know one coat of wax on it before you crash it? <laughs> <laughs> My question is, are you actually gonna get it lit up first? Oh, it's coming! <laughs> it's coming pre-lit, buddy. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> and it, it's gonna be—it's not going to the station. It's going to my driveway at my house. It's oh, personally getting delivered here. Oh, so. Uh. So, you know, the, the truck's kind of like Jason. It's already lit. <laughs> <laughs> More to ask. So, so, so that with that, since so it's getting delivered to your house, is your chief going to see it before you wreck it to get in the station? Or Nope. <laughs> yes, he's going, to do, he's going to do the final inspection with me. Oh, okay. So you can On see it before you wreck it. You know, that's the best that truck's ever going to look. I give it 100 feet out of the fucking driveway. It's <laughs> fucking t You know, you motherfuckers just jinxed me on the way to work next Friday. <laughs> when it went, if, the, if, if, something, if something happens to that thing in a week, y'all are getting the bill for it. <laughs> okay, that's not as bad as what you tried to do to me, you something. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> We're sitting here, and we're talking in Discord, you know, just normal firefighter bullshit and back and forth. And then he's like, I've got to, I've got to take, and I've got to work this day and this day. And I hope it's, and he says the Q word. Oh, shit. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, far. you son of a bitch, you did not just do a cardinal sin. And he goes, oh, fuck, yeah, I did. Yep. You know, I did that in, in Mike's chat one day, and I don't think he stopped running since. <laughs> I, don't, I don't fucking think so. Hey, if anybody says that word right now, I am banning everybody. Everybody's getting banned. <laughs> I don't I love you all like brothers, but y'all are banned. Somebody says that word right now, I'm out, I'm out, I'm leaving the chat before I that. Used... Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> right. I used to I used to be able to drop that, you know, drop that Sweet word, God. you know, the S word, you know, nap, you know, any any of the cardinal sin words. I used to be able to drop them at the, at, you know, any time, point in time. Not turn a wheel. Now you're going to make me find the, find the video from... Our buddy Jason over there, because he they have that. Oh man! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I, I see. I the one night we came in, I came in for a forty-eight hour shift because a guy called out sick, and a kid, not even six months out of the academy, was sitting in the recliner in the engine bay, 
And I walked in, and he's like, what's up there, Chiefer? I said, nothing. Go in my office. If you need me, I'll be up there. As I'm walking through the door to walk up to my office, he said that word. I didn't even get my bag down and unpacked in my dresser before the turns dropped. I literally walked in my, unlocked my office door, walked in, turns dropped. I literally dropped my bag on the floor, turned around my door, never saw my office for 48 hours. Oh, jeez. Oh, I could have kicked his ass. When I got back, I knew he was on for another at least 10 to 12 hours. I said to the to the driver of a truck he was in, I said, I want all that five inch out on the front fucking pad before I leave, and I want that son of a bitch to pack it. And I want, I want it packed. I don't want that lazy crap. That kid would look at me, and I'm like, if that's not parade packed by the time I come back to work in two days, I'm calling you on your off day, and you're coming in to do it. It was. I came in two days later. It was pressure washed, like bright yellow hose pressure washed, like it was just through a scrubbing machine, and parade packed. Smushed down, perfect lines. <laughs> he knew I was pissed. Hopefully, like yeah. that. He that it, it, oh, he learned his lesson. He hasn't said it in the past three years. You know what? You know what you get when you combine a proby, a sock, and a lock. Mike, do you a, sure you want to play this right now? A proby who knows yes, better than to freaking say the Q word ever again. I'm sure I. Uh, right, Mike, I, I swear to God, if I get called into work tomorrow because the shit hit the fan, I'm calling you and I'm going to beat you senseless on the phone. Hey, I'll probably be in the same fucking boat, so. <laughs> We're, all of us who are active emergency services right now, we watch this, we're all going to be in the same boat. Yep. So. I'm, I'm glad I drive a damn truck for a living. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I drive an armored truck, so I'm good. All right. Oh, uh, fuck so you guys you, just too. so you know, if I get caught in a traffic jam tomorrow, I'm gonna whip your ass for playing this video. Yeah, you guys are gonna, you guys are gonna get caught in a backed up traffic jam. Y'all oh, might as well just hell. leave yourself parked. All right, here you go. I'm good. I'm off tomorrow. <laughs> That's all. You could get called in. Right. Nope. We don't run on Sundays. I mean, it's okay. I could do a 34. I don't have to be in Indianapolis till 1:30 Monday, and I'm only like. 200 miles away, so. Alright, go ahead, Mike. Play it. Alrighty. Good evening, everyone. My name is Mike. I'm going to be your instructor for Intro to Superstitions. Uh, sir, what if we're not superstitious? Uh, did you just get hired in the fire EMS field? Uh, yeah, I did. You are now. Now, the following is a list of no-no phrases that you should never say on shift. And just so we're clear, if you say them on shift to be funny, no one likes you and they want you to move to another shift. Number one, it's been really slow today. That, that's a great phrase to test to see if the EMS god is listening or not, and he always is. Number two, we're gonna sleep all night. Yeah, you might as well move all your bedding to the rib because you ain't coming off that thing until tomorrow morning at ship change. And number three, invoking the evil frequent flyer spirit by mentioning their name. For example, hey, you know who hasn't called in a while? Jimmy. Yeah, this is a bunch of crap, bro. Nothing happens when you say the Q word on shift. Don't you ever say the Q word again while you're on shift. Ooh, what's gonna happen? Hey, Chris, why don't you show them what happens when people say the Q word on shift? Gladly. 
That's just fucking great every time. And the thing is, he starts doing it, and I know, I know, Mike. I know Mike was watching me because I saw him. I took my head, banging my head against my steering wheel. Right. And the baseball bat thing ain't no lie. It's not a lie. No, it's not. It is not. And he is, uh, he is one hundred percent right. If you say we're gonna sleep all night, we want you to leave our firehouse. You, you will be transferred. You better go. You better get off the A shift and go to the B shift because I don't want to hear you. <laughs> you know what? Yeah, you don't, know even, what's even don't even worse. try to get a C shift. You know what's even worse? My fire department. We had a standby for a barn fire. Okay. What does my chief decide to do? Hey, I'm going to pull all the equipment out and wash it. Oh, God. <laughs> I sat there and I turned around and I said, if you're in front of me at the next call that happens in the next 24 hours, you're in the ditch. <laughs> you better be able to take and you better be able to move. He goes, why? I said, I'm going to pit maneuver you with a fucking fire truck. <laughs> uh, yeah that was like you know we had our uh, uh it's called apple blossom it's a big huge thing we had parade today and uh so all the trucks got washed and i shit you not this afternoon we get toned for a brush fire i'm telling you that's the don't worst thing rig. man don't ever wash the rig <laughs> don't wash the rigs he washed all the rigs from we the old two. engine to the new brush truck. Oh, wow. Uh, we did two. We oh. washed five of them. Brush truck, uh, two engines, the tower, and then the retired engine that we had in the parade. Hey, babe, tell them what I, what I told you when we were going home that one day. Oh, yeah, this asshole that's in here. Not you 4 the one that's in my room. Whoa, whoa! You better watch it. She might throw a frying pan at you. And all that. So I, I picked her up. Hey, at least work. we'll see the pan hit. Yeah, that's why I said all that. She's gonna come right up and Rapunzel his ass, just like ping. <laughs> Shit, probably. So I mean, she'll just pick him up and hold him in the air while he's kicking his leg. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. So I pick her up from work. And um, we had a stretch where we didn't have any calls, which was nice. And this asshole goes, man, you haven't got a call in a while. And I'm like, I ain't sleeping tonight. And sure enough, you, I didn't sleep. You no, cut out when you said what she had said. Oh, yeah. 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 So we picked her up. She goes, you haven't got a call in a while. You're going to get a call before we get home. And shit, sure <laughs> enough, I pull in the driveway and the fucking tones drop. I'm like, you fucking kidding? I ran the rest of the night. I thought he ran the rest of the night. It was the greatest thing. Yeah. What's even Hey, Mike, you still got the stream up? Because we've been at it a little over three hours. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the stream's still up. stream's still going. Yeah, my stream's still up. Yeah, two hours and 46 minutes. 
So here's the so here's the thing. And this happened to me. I was bringing my wife and my young son, who at this time I think was like three days old, was on it was we were going to coming back from his well child visit. We come out of the doctor's office and she goes, So, how young were you when you ran your first call? And I go, Why? She goes, Wouldn't it be cool if he ran a call now? And I'm like, No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Clifton, Jesus, the fire Clifton, gods. The fire gods were listening. Clipped him in and, you know, made sure they were all snug. We get into it. I am not even pulled out of the driveway of the doctor's office, y'all. And we get toned out for a two-car MVA. And I look at her and I'm like, I'm not dropping your ass off at home. You're going to sit there on the side of the road with me. <laughs> My fucking red lights and sirens all the way there. And you know what? That's one of the, that's one of the things that, I mean... You guys are laughing at the time I was pissed. I can laugh about it now, but I can say that my son ran his first call at three days old. Nice. Oh, wow. And hold on a second. Let me get, let me see if I can find it real quick. Cause I got to get up anyway. Let me show you what he was wearing to the doctor's office that day. Yeah, my oldest, she's been on plenty of calls with me. She took pictures of one. Yeah, so this kid, I, I pick her up from Melinda's work. And as we're pulling on Melinda's work, we get toned for a stroke. I'm like, all right, I said, Katie, we're going to this call, you know, just sit in the truck and, you know, I'll, I'll come back. So we do our thing. And then we're following the ambulance because we live by the hospital so we're following the ambulance back into the hospital and we're cut and this was this was the night of our first podcast and the reason it was late um we're coming around this corner and i just hear this pow and i went that was a car wreck like because you just know that sound right and uh sure enough the ambulance stops in front of us lights come on like yep that's car accident so i pull in the other lane next to the ambulance i stop by the car wreck so me and the EMT were checking the person out I turn around my oldest is sitting in my driver's seat taking pictures of the damn car wreck oh wow <laughs> <laughs> so I she, she's gonna end up being a, a medic I think she loves it she Bro. loves going on calls with me yeah, my oldest ran her first call when, well, she wasn't even born yet. She was like three weeks from being born. Uh, her mom and I were actually on our way back from my parents' house, and I was still on the local department. They get popped for a cardiac arrest, and we were seven miles from the from the call. I wasn't going to go. And uh, she said, you're not going? I said, No. Cause you're with me. She said, I don't care. Go. <laughs> so yeah, my daughter was three weeks from being born and ran her first call. Yeah. I was, uh, well, there you go. I was four on my, when I, uh, ran my first call. I, we, 
My dad was they were he was on shift and he was staying at the ambulance barn. Uh, where, this is back when they had just ambulance barns, you know. And uh, we're all he's on the backup ambulance, but we're all out to breakfast and they pop a cardiac. And I was four. I still remember four years old. I'm sitting in there playing with the sirens, going to this call. <laughs> He's like, "See this switch? Just keep playing with it." And I did. <laughs> I have not been in a fire truck, but I have been on a fire call. Yeah, you've been on a couple fire calls with me. Oh. You went to that one where the guy went. My first one was in the lake. The lake one. Which the which lake one? Where when the car drove into the lake? No. No, no, no. The no, no. the um where was it Rainer who um saved the dog? Oh, the one we had the dog rescue one. Yeah, and the dog was out in the out on the ice. Yeah. That was the same oh, day that the guy went crazy and thought his uh, dead wife was somewhere lost in the house. Twenty nine, yeah, two years ago. Alright, I'm back. Yeah, Evidently yeah. Big Mike had come in and dropped some stars while I was away. Oh I was I didn't have a stream pulled up, I'm sorry, Rusty. That's fine. Now I've now I've got to take now I've gotta I couldn't find the I couldn't find it here. I take a quick look in the in my photos and if I can't find it. I'll fill you guys in on what exactly jinxed this entire damn day. <laughs> um, hey, Mike, I'm going to share something. Yeah, I want you to tell me if this is exactly how we react. You ready? I'm ready. Yeah, I'm in there too. I can already tell you this is probably going to be accurate. Uh, Jason again. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, do that. I, I follow him because he, he cracks me up. Could you please? <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Oh, shoot. Boy, I am parched. Jason, this dinner is delightful. Thank you. Yep. Yeah. 100% accurate. 100% accurate is correct. Yep. Oh yeah. So I'll, I'll kind of share. I'll kind of share a surprise with you guys a little bit. Um. I've been for about a week and a half now, been actually talking to Jason. He is one of the coolest dudes I've ever met. Um, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Super cool. That is cool, man. Nice. I like watching his reactions, and this is another thing that I'd like to bring to any of the followers that are watching the streams: is what you see on TV is not a hundred percent accurate to any T. 
Because I'll tell you right now, everybody that's in here watches active, I mean, 911 Lone Star or whatever, or uh, Chicago Fire. You guarantee every firefighter that's in here nitpicks how they're doing their shit. That, uh -huh. I'm going to have to play this video now. It's my husband. I am you know, not that... allowed. I am not allowed. I, I watch one or two episodes of Chicago Fire. And. No. I am now not. I was told after that I am not allowed to watch any kind of fire show again because all I'm doing is sitting here. What the hell are you doing? I'm screaming at the TV at these idiots who can't hear me. Exactly. Yo, and I'm telling them what they're doing wrong. The Saturday, you uh. Good tech. I just say the sad thing is, is that I did corrections too. So any of those lock-up shows, I'm yelling at them, going, "That ain't how you do it, you dumbass." Well, I do the same thing with Chicago Fire. Why are you taking an inch and three quarter? That's not going to do anything on that big ass fire. Exactly. <laughs> Why are you running a three-inch supply line? Pull the LDH off the goddamn hose bed, you pussy. Right. That and that are like look, watching Chicago Fire. I told my you know, soon-to-be ex-wife, I said, okay, here's my issue. One, I've been to that firehouse. They do not have the huge mix of area that they portray in the show. They don't have a bunch of industrial. They don't have a bunch of residential. They don't have lakefront, they don't have lakefront response. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I said, uh -huh. I said Lakeshore, Lakeshore Drive, most of it is covered by Squad 1, not fictional squad three yep all right, <laughs> all right here's the video that the, the yeah just watch the video it's my husband he's alone. oh this one god <laughs> where would you see a flaming freaking dramatic like we could just go get a rope bag off the truck you know throw it to him pull him off the ice i mean or we could just stand around here and wait for that burning zamboni to turn him into a bloody meat popsicle Sullivan, we're bringing the Stokes out. Don't move him again unless you absolutely have to. So your plan so far was to have your genius paramedic move the patient from the middle of the ice all the way I've seen to the this. other side. That's good. I really hope you taught me the five <laughs> Ds of dodging Zambonis. Dip, dodge, disability, decapitate, death. Is it gas powered? <laughs> battery. What do you want to do? And why would a battery Zamboni be on fire? So I'm not going to risk anyone getting hurt by fighting it on the ice. What? It's battery operated, not made of pure energy. In fact, any battery driven fire requires exactly that a crap ton of water. And I'd be willing to bet every single penny in my bank account that everything that's on fire right now is made of plastic. And you know what puts out plastic? Water. Okay, Lloyd. Oh, we're going to get you out of here, Lloyd. Okay. Sorry, Lloyd. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, slide him under. Slide him under. Oh. Ah. Well, we gotta go faster. Or, and hear me out here, you could go through this door right here. I mean, they even took the glass out so you can shove your patient through there. I mean, but why work smarter when you can work harder? And since you guys insist on playing with flaming Zambonis, let me show you how hard it is to get out of the way. Oh no, the Zambonis coming. I'm sorry. <laughs>
Ma'am, do you have any ladders? Uh, we have the ones we use for maintenance. You know, Cap, I swear I saw ladders somewhere. Oh, yeah, it's on the truck! Along with the rope, the water we could be using, and any common sense that exists with this crew. Okay, here she comes. Okay. On three. Great. All right, guys, I think I'm going to call tonight. One. Uh, all right. Come on, come on. Great job, guys. You know what'll be just as useful next time it comes around? Just go ahead and do this. <laughs> oh, and by the way, congrats on being the first people ever to invent an ABC CO2 style extinguisher. You guys are gonna be rich. What's the idea? Uh, I think we should go after it. Right? And you wanna chase it on the ice? Yep. On skates? Yep. You know what, Cap? I think you should let him do that. We'll make some popcorn, sell some tickets. You know, just picture this in big, bright lights. Incompetence on ice. Try to catch me howling at the moon. Oh no, it's coming. Magic. <laughs> God, I, I, was for the, I, I was waiting for the bucket brigade on out of there now. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> okay, so I found the picture. I found a picture of it, so I'm going to share my screen here. And this is proof that my wife honestly wanted me to be busy that day. She sends, she takes our three-day-old son to the, his doctor's appointment in this. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, you're done. You're screwed. You're, you're, you're <laughs> fucked. <laughs> oh, man. You're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> well, guess what? I'm I'm as fucked as you are because my wife bought my fucking kid the same damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> as I told one of my coworkers uh, uh, the other day when he screwed up, with, with that right there, uh, Rescue, you're fucked with a capital mm -hmm. PH. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and on that, on that note, boys, I'm gonna drop out too because I gotta yeah. get up early tomorrow. Yeah, I, I, Mike's got three hours worth of editing, and I don't think he's edited the last three hours. No, I'm still oh. working on it. <laughs> Why don't you talk about Mike? I wasn't a part of that one either. Uh, yeah, you weren't, were you? No, I yeah, wasn't. He was. He was. Oh, him yeah. and Full Fender. Yeah, it was. It was you and Full Fender. And uh, I love Full Fender, but I get a message from Rescue going, man, we're going to have to make sure these are 18-plus streams when he comes in. <laughs> but, you know, I'm always here to talk if anybody needs to talk. So Absolutely. I might be at work, but I will make the time to, like Rescue knows, I might be sitting in my deputy chief's vehicle watching a water flow alarm while everybody's running up and down two flights of stairs. I've had that, too. Isn't uh, awesome you, you, I was I was in your stream that day when that happened. You were in my stream and then you jumped in my Discord to take and to be like, "Hey, what's up? What's going on?" Oh, not much. I, I, this is what I'm. I'm just sitting here, babysitting the water flow alarm. Are you in the building? Hell no! I got probies for that. I'm sitting in my truck. <laughs> I ain't stupid. I wasn't born yesterday. Say, isn't it awesome being the boss? Some days it is, but there's days, man, I just, you know, yep. wish I could get my feet wet again. Yep. But, you know. Well, I, never wanted, I never wanted an officer 
position, and now I'm just too fat and old to do any of it. <laughs> but well, that's a, that's like when we had the car fire. Um, Before you start that story, I'm out of here. Tex, rescue, Mike. If you guys need me, you know where to find me. All right, buddy. Oh yeah, I know, brother. Have a good one. Yeah, later, guys. Yeah. Well, that's like my that's like the car fire that you know happened my first my first year on the fire department here. You know, there's a car fire. I jump off the rig, and first thing I do, I don't even grab a pack. I grab a halyard. I walk over, and I'm popping the freaking hood. So that way, the guy behind me with the nozzle can take and can quench the engine compartment. And I'm sitting there doing that, and all of a sudden, I feel a tap on my shoulder. I turn around and look, and it's my chief. And he's like, back to the truck. And I'm like, oh, Dad, I want to play! <laughs> oh, man. Love it. Old habits are hard to break. Used to working for a living, I'll tell you. Yeah, especially when, like, like in rescue situation, he's done it for so long, and then an injury forces him to s kind of sit there and watch everybody. Now you just yeah. want to go back oh, and yeah. play. Yeah, and the thing is, is I can't take and, you know, for those of you who don't know and maybe new to the stream or new to the podcast or whatever. My back is screwed. I've got a 30-pound weight limit. I'm certified Class A by the county now, but I've got a 30-pound weight limit. You know what my job is? Babysit the truck. This is his job. <laughs> Babysit the truck or do traffic control. That's my job, because I can't go interior anymore. There is not a single call that I run to driving that truck or sitting there getting ready to take and do the do the whole um, either tanker driving or you know doing the the traffic control or something and see the fire or see something or see. Something that I've done a billion and a half times. And now I'm told, oh, you can't do that. Why? Exactly. Right. I want to play, damn it. So you know what you do, Rescue. There's a way around that. So your, <laughs> next, your next fire... You pull up and you just open up the deck gun, put the fire before out before everybody shows up, and you're like, "See, I win." That that that'd be great if our commissioners actually took and got, and wanted to spend the money to have an engine with a deck gun. You don't I've got a put, deck gun. I've got a nope. Commissioners didn't want to pay for the piping for it. I've got to hook up uh, three different freaking elbows and a got and a goddamn nozzle to the side of the rig to a discharge. Oh, dude, that oh, sucks. Wow. My uh, Engine 52, if, I don't know if any of you guys watched the stream that Mama did earlier, but one of the trucks that was in the parade not only has a deck gun, 
It's also got a front-mounted bumper turret. Oh, nice. I uh, fucking hate you. <laughs> a couple of our, <laughs> couple of our engines have uh, front-mounted bumper turrets. Uh, well, they're... Sometimes. Our old engine, they're, our old engine. I think they've decided they're just going to re-chassis it because they don't want to they want don't want to lose that hail high pressure pump or the pump and roll capability. We did that with our uh, well now it's engine fifty four. The old engine fifty four was an old Seagrave, and we just rechassied it. Yeah, this is an old international FMC. Nice, yeah. Things a new the engine four is a new international now, and you know they had to do some fabrication on it to make it work. But the truck's awesome. Well, just well, the, the, the good thing is having there. experience on the outside though, because I, I can tell you, I see I moved, transferred to a new apartment. I was well experienced interior what? firefighter, but they hadn't cleared me to go in yet. What? We get a bar that catches fire right across from our firehouse. And uh, mutual aid companies come in. They've got people inside. I can't go in. I'm walking around the building. I sit there and I look. I see the smoke change. And I'm behind two guys. And I said, pull out. They said, what? I said, yeah. I said, it's about to flash. I said, look at the smoke. And uh, I got them out, and not even two minutes later, that whole ceiling collapsed, and the whole thing, you know, flashed, big fireball. All right, Mike, I didn't know if you were still here or not, brother. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm here. Oh, no, 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 I'm talking about Big Mike. Oh, Big Mike. Uh, yeah, hey, Justin, I, uh, yeah, that, that happened to me, too. I, the smoke. That was, that was his bad call. That's what ruined his turnout gear in his helmet. Yeah. Uh -huh. uh, that was a training bird. I, went, I saw the fire up this way. I'm like, oh, I'll hit that. And they say, no, I see fire go whoop, like that. I'm like, whoa, shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> that and, isn't good. You know, and see, that's one of the things. Some of these newer guys, I don't know. They never, they don't teach them how to read the smoke anymore. Right. Hey, and the worst part is, is that all this newer construction and this light construction they're doing, it burns hotter and it burns faster than any of the old stuff ever did. Oh God! Oh, right. No, yeah. I, I. Yeah. Whether I whether I show it to you guys now during the podcast or if I do it um, afterwards, I gotta look. For, I gotta dig for a uh, picture for you guys. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. Now the the. the... That new construction, that lightweight construction. Oh, this is so great! This is all prefab. I'm like, it's, it's tender. It's 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 kindling. What it is? You're making houses out of kindling now instead of wood. Right. Oh yeah. And of course, you know all the new technology. Everything's plastic. Little right. lightweight, little little flat screen TVs over here. They're real lightweight. They're nice and everything, but. It catches flame. It's it's gonna be just you know go up real quick and real hot and really just you know obviously poisonous petroleum product. Right. Everything's well, made out of plastic now. Well, that's like they used to say 
um, they used to say that back, um, you know, 50 years ago, your, your house caught fire. You had about a good 10, 15 minutes to get out. Now you're down to about three. Yep. If that. Yeah. I mean, there was always that difference between a house and a trailer house. Now there's no difference. They go up and they go to the ground at about the same time. Freaking a trailer is a matchstick you live in. Yes. That's what we were in. We were in a um, a uh, trailer that had some additions built onto the side of it. Oh, I got. You're trying to tell me I don't have that picture on it on Facebook. I thought I shared it to Facebook. All right, this is gonna take a. This is gonna take a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let me He'd really got to go dig it now. Yeah, let me end my stream real quick, boys. All right. All right, All right guys. That we're going to be the end of the podcast. Um, like oh, I said, it's... I'm uh, going to my chat for a sec. PTSD is a real thing, guys. And for first responders, it's not recognized enough. Um, a lot of good firefighters, a lot of people that I've known, they're no longer here because there's not enough help. So, sucks the thing that we have to live with. But all right, I'm gonna have to take. I'm gonna have to find this picture and then send it. But that'll be the end of it. Yeah. To tomorrow with uh, yeah. some farming. You know, Sunday night farming. Might even be in my messenger. Hopefully, hopefully uh, it is. And see if just take on. it and just be like, oh, there it is. Well, if anybody's on, I'll even send you guys oh. to here. Nope, of course not. Is anybody on? Nope, nobody's on, guys. All right. So we'll end it, guys. Stay safe out there. We'll catch you guys later. Since I ate all of my there it is. Um, grilled cheese, can I have a piece of candy that I got today? Yes. Wait. She had right. candy before she left, so no. She had candy before she left? Yes. They had two pieces of candy before they left. Did she uh, eat all of her dinner, though? Where the heck? She ate extra? She had fries and her sandwich. And she ate all that? I don't know if she ate all the fries. Did you eat all your fries too, Candy? Yeah. Then yeah, she can have one piece of candy. She ate all of her dinner. Where the hell? Okay, what's going on? There it is. Don't know what the hell it was doing there, but it was. No, what I'm really not happy about is um, well now yesterday was different, but today and you have gotten 
nothing done for boats at all. All right. I just had to send it to I myself. Came here and worked on stuff. Uh, after we got back. Oh, thank you for that, McKay. Yeah, uh, I I love doing this podcast. It killed me the the two weeks that I had Corona and I couldn't take and I couldn't actually do it. Uh, it's yeah, I love doing it too. You just don't love it. You just don't love editing it. Uh, editing <laughs> it sometimes is difficult. Honestly, this is the first time I've actually caught it, and I'm actually on it. That's interesting. All <laughs> <laughs> right. It just worked out since I got a load. I don't have to worry about it really till Monday, so I, was, I don't have to be asleep right now or driving. Well, yeah, that's always a good thing. Oh, yeah. All right, let's see here. Where is it? Oh, here, I can show you this, too, Rescue, while you're looking for yours. Now, I, I found mine, and I'm just going to take, and I'm just going to open it up in two different windows. Yeah. And then I can take, and I can show it to you guys. I'm going to side-by-side them. And uh, that way I can just take and I can just share the screen. McKay, I probably won't be the first firefighter to space. I can't pass it. <laughs> Not with my back the way it is. All right. Let me see. Let me show you guys something here. This was something that I ended up finding. I was uh, drilling doing underground utilities in um, North Carolina. And this is the two I-beams I pulled out from where the garbage sat. It's just nothing. And this is, this is what they are making these houses with. Yep. It's oh, wow. a composite I-beam. You've got a piece of shitboard Sandwich between two one by ones. Yep. You know how quick, you know how quick, the, how long rather that's going to last in a fire? About 30 seconds. About 30 seconds, and then everything from the attic down is going to be in the fucking basement. Yep. Pardon my French. I, I, and I'm sorry, guys. I know I usually don't swear, but it's stuff like this pisses me off. Right. Well, that's all right. I got a little bit of firefighter porn for you. You ready? Um, you might want to let me let me head my stream first. You're gonna be throwing porn. No, it's not real <laughs> porn. It's just firefighter porn. <laughs> all right, go ahead. Uh-huh. So this is uh, <laughs> this was today. This was the parade. You're gonna love this. Are you ready? Yeah. There's my tower. The tower's there, and then there's 
And good morning, everybody. Dennis Rahm here, Lake Chelan. Now we got that. I was over there with that engine. We were, I was uh, first out in case something happened. But um, I, Mama got a really good video of it. Let me see if I can find it. She got a really good video of the tower for the parade. Actually, that and our other engine. <laughs> Actually, I think she, she got all three engines, if I remember right. Yeah, there we go. Skip a little bit here. Oh. There we go. Yeah, there, there's engine 52. I love that engine. That's one of our new ones. You might want to put it up so we can see it. Oh, shit. Hold on. <laughs> I got ahead of myself. <laughs> uh, Earth to Mike. Houston, there's a problem. We can't see shit. Now you can see it. Uh -huh. So right there's our that's engine fifty two, and of course she had people you know she's trying to record this shit people standing right in her damn way. Well, of course, because why not? Of course, yeah. Let's just stand in the way. You don't mind, right? Yeah, no, right? of course not. There's my chief. He's cool as hell. I love chief. All right, there we go. But yeah, she got a feel by me. She got the tower coming out. Alright. Here's the tower. Tower's coming out. Love that tower. You know? Every that is really nice. Yeah. You know, the thing is, is my rural, I've always been a volunteer for a rural fire department. Mm -hmm. I have never had to worry about a tower at all. Yep. And then they're getting ready to pull the other. So this engine that they're pulling out from this side over here, that one. Yeah. Uh, let's kind of scan by. We just retired that this year. Its first day of service was 1971. Woo. Wow. Oldie. And we retired it. Not that one. There was Smokey the Bear. That, that one right there. <coughs> oh. Just, just retired Oh, Jesus. It. Jesus Christ. Yeah, you know that one's not an FTA compliant with the fucking no. open cab. <laughs> right? <laughs> with the old fucking, with the old, uh, damn Detroit tank engine in it. And there was Smokey oh, yeah. the Behind us. Yep. Actually, the department I was at had a 1978, I think it was, was Quint. It had a half open. The, the back cab was open, the back half of Yep, that one too. Yeah, we just took it out of service uh, last year. Well, beginning of this I year. Said, I don't know. <laughs> uh, That's how I know I'm too tired. I said a 78 Quint. It wasn't a Quint. It was 78 Telesquirt. We also had a, what did we have, a 95 Quint, I think it was. <laughs> Cause that was back in 2004 when I was with that department. Alright, I probably showed Mike this before, but Tex, you, I don't think you saw it. This is a video back when I was with my old department, uh, their first night day parade. And it's got, um, it's got our tanker in it. It's got, um, the Suburban that we got from Huntington Beach. The only white piece of apparatus we ever had. 
Was this the one you were in? The Chiefs ring and the Chief got stuck yep. in the other one? Yeah. yeah. I, got, I was in. I no, I was in the Chiefs vehicle and the commissioner um, got stuck riding in the in the you know in the regular utility truck. Yeah. Right. That's funny. But here, let me grab this here. You know when y'all are in. I'm there. Oh, man. Oh, may have to turn it down just a little bit <laughs> I can't do it over here but yeah I got stuck I, I well not not stuck I had the privilege of taking that to his first parade huh. ah, love that with the with the rumble siren going. I love it. <laughs> I love it. And there we go. You just had to play with the damn pulser, didn't you? <laughs> of course. Why would you not? That's a good question. I've got I've got a freaking rumble siren. You expect me not to hit those damn buttons? How long were you a firefighter? You know I'm pressing the damn buttons. I'm just trying to figure out why and all that I didn't hear a damn cue going on. <laughs> um, because the apparatus we had there, none of it had a cue. I didn't let my oh, what the hell? Our tanker didn't have the. There's a cue in mine. There's two cues. Our tanker did. Our tanker doesn't have a queue, or their tanker, I should say. I'm no longer a part of that apartment, but their tanker does not have a queue on it. Um, and of course, the other two were just. If there was a queue, it would have been an autom It would have been an electronic, and yeah. Those suck. Here, uh, here, Justin. Now the. Sorry, Mike. Now the. Apartment I'm at now. Nothing has got a queue on it. Not even not the old not not the old '90s International FMC, not the new Spartan Metro junk. None of it's got a queue. Well, hell, a real queue now probably costs as much as that deck gun that you'd rather have. Yeah, probably. <laughs> They've got an electronic queue. Now uh, having now having a now having driven and rode officer in two engines that in the middle of the um in the middle of the grill is sits this huge queue and winding and winding that thing up going from that to a electronic queue is like telling Angelina Jolie, no thanks, I'd rather go to the corner meth addict. <laughs> right. Here, Justin. Got some of it. Justin, just for Let's you, just so, just so you can feel like the old days. Uh -huh. They actually hit the queue on both of our trucks. Please stop. This is our engine that just retired. I don't see, I still don't see any shots. Oh, there you I go. I love that noise. Yes! 
best noise in the world. The best noise. Later, come here. Yep. They really wind it up here in a minute. Wind it up. It's kind of windy today, too. Very sorry. It's alright when you wind up. Firefighter or a chub, wind up a queue. Yes, you damn right. Absolutely. <laughs> wind up that damn queue. Yep. And the sad part is, is that I've been out of it a good long while now, almost as long as I was in it. And it doesn't matter where I am. I hear a queue. I'm, I'm looking around. Where that some bitch coming from? What's going on? <laughs> uh huh. My my chief actually looked. We have a queue sitting on on the supply shelf. I don't know what it came off of, but he's already mocked it up on the Spartan Metro junk and going, "Yeah, we could do that." Oh jeez. And I sat there. I sat there and I said, yeah, we could. The only problem is, is, is that going to actually leave the station and not break down enough for it to be of use? <laughs> yeah. It'd, it'd take all the air away powering the queue and you wouldn't, damn truck would throw some kind of engine like to be on the side of the road. <laughs> no, it, no, it's a, it, the motor's electric driven, so it, oh, it, well, it, would right. it would just, you know, melt the fucking batteries. Yeah, that's about right. What caught your fire truck on fire, damn cute? <laughs> that almost happened. Not the cute, but we were working a trailer fire, and we had just gotten it back from service a week before. Supposedly, they had pump tested it and everything, and everything was fine. Um, and so the chief engineer drove the truck there, turned it, turned on the pump and started drafting from the um, from the portal pod and hit the calf system. The calf system, for those of you who don't know, is a compressed air foam. I love it. We use it here all the time. Well, funny thing is, is that the calf system has a little um, hose that runs from the bottom of your tank and goes to cool the compressor. Yeah. Supposedly, what they our engine, which had not seen the light of day since coming back from service a week before, somehow got small stones in the elbow of this line into the compressor. So there's guys inside operating at this fire. And all of a sudden, smoke starts rolling out the pump panel. Oh, 
Oh, wow. And you know what? Kudos to my chief engineer because I would have done the same thing. I got guys inside. I'm going to take it. I'm going to hit the air horn three times, and I'm going to keep that bitch running until all my guys are out. Yep. Right. Because I'm not shutting down that pump with guys inside. I don't care. That damn thing can catch fire. Right. It's not... uh... The three air horns isn't just for collapsing. No, it's nope. it's, it's get the hell out. Yeah, yeah, that's evacuation tones. It doesn't make a difference what it is. When you hit, you sit there and you hear whop, whop, whop. Drop it's your stuff. shit. Get the hell out. Yeah, drop. Yep. It. Don't even grab exactly. your shit. Just go. And I mean. That's the first time. It caught fire again afterwards. Good lord. And they just Yeah, they just took they just they they moved they moved where the act where the um where the water's coming out of. So it's actually coming out of the like tank to pump. Or the pump housing itself. But Yeah. It, it, it's still it's still just the, the entire engine's a shit show from the get-go. Oh. I, That's your favorite one, right? Uh, Tex, did I tell you about the car fire I ran up on with that? <laughs> I've heard it a couple times. <laughs> yeah, Mike's heard it a couple times. So, we got we get toned out to a car fire. Ironically, the same place where, the, where this trailer fire I just got done talking to you guys about. Same place. Get toned out to a car fire. I run over there. The assistant chief is gearing up. He looks at me and he goes, can you pump this truck? I'm like, hell yeah, I'll get you water all day, every day. And he (laughs) goes, good, you're driving. So we go there, full lights, siren code three. And as we start going up the hill, I hear him telling the guy, um, the young kid sitting behind me, Hey, we're going to be using the hose reel off the back to put it out. So I'm thinking, okay, pull ahead of the fire so that way the hose reel can reach. All right, I got it. So we get there. I pull up, set the set the air brake, jump out, dump my tank into the pump, throw my chalk up, kick it over from road gear to pump gear, drop it and drive. The kid grabs the hose reel, starts heading to the car. Unlock the unlock it. That's fine. Start pulling the sleeve out to take and put water there. This is pulling really freaking easy. I, the sleeve comes out of the pump panel as the chief is as the assistant chief is walking around the truck. He hears me go, "Well, shit, that's not good." <laughs> He looks at me, looks at the thing in my hand, and goes, water can. Yep. That's what I was going to say. The roll pin that holds the sleeve over top of the piece for the valve came out at some point in time. 
But God, there's no quality control on anything. No. We have come to the conclusion that seeing how this was either the last or the second to last engine to leave this particular Spartan plant before it closed down. The workers just were like throwing their hands up going, well, shit, looks fucking good enough for government work for me. Uh-huh. Crazy. I mean, Christ, I have been... I dread any time we take that truck out, because nine times out of ten, when we take that truck out on a call, it's gonna break down. Doesn't matter who's driving it, doesn't matter what we do with it. It's part something on it's gonna fucking break. It's just how it works. McKay says this is the longest podcast ever. Well, Mike actually ended the podcast, what, probably about 30 minutes ago. Pretty close, yeah. And I've just got my stream going because I'm just sitting here bullshit. Just bullshit. You know? Y'all getting behind the scene more of that firehouse kitchen. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I, I, I used to take and I used to do a stream once a month where I just put up 18 plus firehouse kitchen in effect. Don't come here if you're easily offended. Yep. I remember those. Yep. Because my whole thing is if I'm doing a firehouse kitchen, number one, my language filter that I normally try to impose on my streams is gone. gone. It's out the fucking window. Okay. Second, second of all, my dark humor that I try to keep in check, that bitch busts through the wall like the Kool-Aid man going, oh, yeah. I know that's right. Oh, shit. And second of all, or third of all, if you're easily offended, then one of you dick beaters is going to take and want to unfollow me afterwards because you're going to be way offended. Right. Oh, yeah. Right. Especially if you wind up having any guests in there like me. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Especially you. Especially me. Yeah, I'm a walking offense. Come in. Ugh. Yes, McKay, I did hear about the Chinese rocket. My uh, my buddy shared, with, shared it. My wife commented a gif on it from Chicken Little going, The sky is falling. The sky is falling. <laughs> I hope when it falls, it brings me some sweet and sour chicken because I'm kind of hungry. No, sweet and sour. I mean, I mean, the thing is, is she sits there. We're driving down the road, going to the kids, going to the kids, um, going to uh, my older kids' visitation. And she goes, did you hear about that rocket? I said, what rocket? She goes, there's a Chinese rocket. Evidently, it malfunctioned or something. And... It's going to crash somewhere here in the United States, they're saying. I'm like, well, no goddamn shit, it fucking broke. It was made in damn China. Exactly. <laughs> now, it's, from the south of it, it's now going to land in somewhere in the Pacific Ocean. According to McKay here, it crashed near Sri Lanka. Oh. Oh, well, there you go. There you go. I don't care. I don't care. Where is it going to land? 
Um, let's see here. Let me take and throw a dart at the wall. Bam. Okay, that's where it's going to fucking land. Well, how can it land there? I don't know. Well, it, it, it's not just one dart. It's like 20 darts. You're just like, there. <laughs> Somewhere in one of those marks. They've, they've got somebody who doesn't know anything about aiming and trigger control just... Shooting at a map with a Glock, just bah, 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 bah. Right. where is where's it gonna land? Oh, one of those spots. No, one of those marks. Of course, if it's a Glock, it only got about three shots off Fort Stovepipe. <laughs> actually, actually, my uh, my buddy, he's got a Glock 17 and a Glock 40, and none of them have actually fucking had an issue at all. I've shot both those I'm guns surprised. multiple times. They, you mean they didn't uh, shoot people? No, they didn't. Damn it. Damn. Fuck. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I just... Oh, my God. I just, Something's going to land. Yep. I'll wait, and t I'll wait and see where it does. Well, it may land here. Okay. Okay. If it land if it lands here, my pager goes off. Then it's my problem. If not, I don't care. I'm gonna sit here and take exactly. pictures of it. Yeah. It might it might fall and hit the city. You mean we're gonna lose liberals? Yay! Win for New York. <laughs> no kidding. That's a that's almost as bad as. Um, this is the firehouse kitchen. This is the. The dark humor coming out, guys. So I know I've got three people watching my stream, and I apologize ahead of time, but this is the fucking show. Um, yep. It reminded me of when this coronavirus fucking started about a year 